world is becoming more unglued by the day, local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions, and we have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Broadcasting from the heart of commie controlled America, the no bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium free broadcast. The most important hour of your day. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. That is Dr. Tal Braun. My guest for tonight, this is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose, live with you Monday through Thursday, 8 30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I always have that brain fart when I'm talking about the times. <laughs> but uh, this is where we talk about the unfolding global conspiracy of communism coming to America, of the undermining of the United States Constitution, of the American people, the stealing of our elections, the infiltration of our political, our cultural, our social, so, uh, social, academic systems, the degradation of bringing America down to her knees to usher in a global socialism. Tonight we are d- joined by Dr. Tal Braun who is a clinical psychologist, a subject matter expert on counterterrorism, and he has some very interesting things to say. If you guys caught him on DW Truth Warriors show, then you know how this conversation is going to go. It's going to be incredible. Um, And we were just talking about it a little bit before that we're going to have a really good time having a conversation here. Doc, how are you doing today? 
Yeah, really good. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to be on your show. Um, immediately, like I said to you, uh, when uh, when somebody's real with me, I get to be real about a whole bunch of stuff, including this very serious subject. Uh, I know that we're going to get ourselves into a whole bunch of fun and a whole bunch of trouble, which is great. Um, perfect time of the night, sort of a campfire moment for people wherever they are. Uh, you mentioned the time zone stuff. What I always think is uh, it, 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 it's always... Um, like confusing to me that I can't just call my buddies in Australia and just ask them for the winning lottery numbers. You know, if they're already in the future and it's the next day over there, then how come they just go and tell me to go down to the Seven Eleven and these are the numbers, right? right. So it's all like, yeah. So, so when it comes to time and space, um, I think that, that one of the coolest things around this technology is that um, uh, people all over the place can listen, whether they're listening live, whether they're listening after the fact. And um, that that's really uh, the best use for digital technology right now is to bring us together. And then I got to say that part of what we're going to be discussing, at least that I want to discuss, uh, is uh, sort of how do we break break away from this plan? Mm. Uh, and and you, you gave it some nice words, you know, socialism and stuff. I just want to say that it's about a bunch of people that want to fuck up our shit. And, uh, and, and at the end of the day, something that being a, a, a specialist in mass killers has taught me is as long as there is a justification, um, that can be a rational justification for something, but it can also be irrational. But the thing that most people forget is that sometimes the justification for something is just camouflage. It's just it's just literally part of the theater uh, so that when somebody says, oh, this is to usher in, you know, like these people that will say like this is for the betterment of, of the planet and it's socialism or whether communism or any ism that you want to give it. When you dig down deeper, it's just a bunch of control freaks that need fancy language because no, they can't just say, listen, we want to take over your shit. We want to like like uh, they'll say uh, like uh, Schwab will say we want you to be happy owning nothing, mm -hmm. but we'll own anything. So they have to give that some sort of name um instead of just saying look we're greedy motherfuckers and uh we want it all for ourselves and this is what we're going to be doing right in front of you and it's just like any other mass killer the trails are there the my industry likes to call it leakage um i've always and i joke on stage i'll say like it's way too close to the idea that you're wearing diapers um and that it's you know the information is leaking out i'm actually happier with the term uh broadcasting and so some of the stuff that we can get into tonight is that what, what are these fools broadcasting to us in real time? That is the clue to what, what they're doing and, uh, you know, that they're leaving all these trails. And I just love the fact that they're easy to stop, capture and, uh, and, and, and as a team, uh, you know, you with your, uh, uh, your service. And first of all, thank you. Thank you. Democracy, as you know, needs to be protected. Um, it is always like a little vulnerable baby. Uh, democracy uh, never gets to the point where it doesn't need protectors. Um, that is the beauty of it. Um, it will always be vulnerable to be taken away simply because it needs to be um, ever, ever, um, uh, uh, it needs to be the, the, the importance of it needs to be felt. So if it was just solid, rock solid, you know, like, uh, you know, walk past a giant boulder, like while you're hiking somewhere, nobody goes like, oh, shit, that's not going to be it tomorrow. Like, you know, but something precariously balancing off the cliff, you're like, shit, that thing's going to fall into the canyon. I better take a picture of it now and then tomorrow because it's not going to be there. And so there's a fragility to our democracy. Anyway, I just made that up. It sounds kind of cool. No, and you're right. There is a fragility to our democracy, uh, to the way of uh, of the rule of law here, at least in the United States and globally. Um, you know, in the United States, 
the the governed comes through the consent of the people, uh, the power of the people derived from the the rights and the freedoms given to us by our creator. Um, with that being said, is when people fail to use or express those rights and freedoms, laws are organized against them to restrict those laws and freedoms, and they are switched from privileges and immunities from the, the freedoms and liberties. And what happens is, is that power of the people dwindle as more separation and more uh, labeling and more division is sowed within the social and the cultural structures. And, uh, you know, these are the prerequisites for color revolutions. These are the this is what the Central Intelligence Agency and multiple other intelligence agencies around the world have utilized for a very, very long time to undermine third world countries and formulate coups. And now it's happening here in the United States. It's happening in Western nations. It's happening in Australia. It's already happened in Europe. I mean, that happened back in the 90s. And so it, it is important to preserve that. But people need to know what that is. And that really is the power of the people. It is the power of the people united in a common accord, a common voice, and, and going forth and saying, hey, look, you know, the government doesn't have power because the government has power. The government has power because we allow the government to have power. And we can take that back at any point in any time. So I, I appreciate your words and you're spot yeah. on right. But yes. Absolutely, 100%. We have to protect the will of the people to formulate governments and remove them when they become tyrannical or oppressive. Yeah, and and it's uh, and I think that that uh, any person right now who's feeling, uh, you know, they're literally the slide um, away from, from what they've had before. Um, for a lot of people, I think that, that my issue always around you know, bigger concepts like democracy, I saw this with my own um, eyes and experiences in South Africa. A lot of think, people think that South Africa's apartheid was brought down uh, you know, so through sanctions and political pressure and riots. Um, rugby, um, rugby was the big changeover in terms of the fact that, um, and computer parts. So, um, People just, for the most part, people want to stay comfortable. And so um, all of the systems of apartheid held this um, gruesome, torturous, um, segregated, dehumanizing system together. And it would have stayed like that, except that what the world did as part of the sanctions is it just said to these people, listen, we we're going to put sanctions on you in business terms and in arts terms and whatever it is. And, you, you know, government and the white folk over there found workarounds but what happened is that they didn't have anybody to play sports with hmm. so rugby rugby was this big deal and then south africans were really good at rugby and so all of a sudden for a couple of years they literally were only playing at home and that they weren't allowed to, comp to compete in any uh, international competitions and they weren't allowed to host any international competitions which is like why you can you know, a great movie to watch on this is invictus where you see like this whole country then reunifies around the sport. But what's lost in that movie and to a lot of people is that often people think that, that big changes will happen through mass violence or protests or people getting to the point where they're, where they're like so uncomfortable because they can see the democracy is sliding from their children. Mm -hmm. What's really going to uh, mess people up is one, it's going to get to the point where they, they literally uh, cannot, uh, the, they won't find a level of denial enough to cover the fact that the government has injured their children around the world and, and, and no one should mess with someone's kid. But the second part of that is that there will be something that happens. And I caught, I don't know what it is quite yet. That will be the little sort of discomfort that shouldn't be rational. Like, Oh, wow. Like you guys, like hot dogs went away, which could be the thing because we can get into it, but like meats going away. That's mm -hmm. part of this math debt. 
And so it could be like, I miss the taste of real hot dog, right? It could be just a, a very simple, you know, all American something that no longer feels the same. And it's sad, but that little discomfort will be enough to actually make people hit threshold. Like the fact that the CDC can put a murderous weapon out in the name of public health, right? Literally in everyone's faces. And the fact that like a lot of people right now have people, their friends are dropping dead. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, the, and they're still allowing the FDA and the CDC to murder people in our country in the name of public health. And the fact that they're seeing that and still not doing lets me know that there's going to be something weird, something uncomfortable that goes like, shit, oh, yeah, no, we need to overturn this government now. Or we need to vote differently because I've just lost my right to, you know, X, Y, Z. And so that's going to be really interesting to see uh, uh, what that is. The other thing that I wanted to say to you is that um, just because of your style and who you are and how confident you are in uh, a wide range of topics, please uh, allow us the space where I haven't done this a lot in interviews, but I like to challenge the things that I think I'm right about uh, based on whether it's knowledge, intel, or just a different way of seeing things that I think, um, I think patriots need to hear. So one of the big ones for me that I'll start off the bat with is that um, for the longest time, the distraction here was, you know, uh, President Trump, Wuhan flu, China flu, Wuhan flu, whatever it is. Um, this is ours. The vaccine and the virus is U.S. owned, right? The, mm -hmm. the development of it was funded by the DOD. Right, which confuses people. What do you mean funded? The pandemic? No, the actual technology of the virus and the vaccine was funded by DOD and co-owned by Moderna and the NIH. Okay, so the pandemic, I don't, I mean, we can get into layers and layers of like who's actually running the show. But when it comes to the contractors that got the contract to make the killing machine, that's us. Yep. It's it's our killing machine. All right. And then we are the driver of that killing machine being used around the world for forms of genocide. So a lot of people are like, oh yeah, you know, we'll get the Chinese or we'll get the Russian when they come to us. Like, no, the biggest problem here is that if you scale it down in any company, in any school, in in uh, whether it's uh, in any of our armed services. The, the biggest issue is always the inside the threat. And so in this case, the world is kind of fucked. And, and I hope like, I, I, I forget to often, like I should always do this at the beginning of an interview and like ask, you know, what's your audience, how mature they are? Because I once like realized like mid, mid like, I don't know, four hour you know, block of a workshop that I was giving, I was probably about two hours into it when I finally like scanned the back of the room and saw like the bulk of my audience were nuns. <laughs> and it was only here's actually what helped me to see the nuns like sometimes things are just invisible in yeah. front of you right and so there was a i've showed a clip from the movie airplane which interesting enough i grew up with that movie in south africa uh being called flying high which is kind of funny because like then there's the the sort of like the 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 drug component of it which there's so many drug references in that movie in terms of like the guy's like oh it's the wrong day i you know shouldn't have quit uh, cocaine this week or whatever um and then so i looked over and i'd shown this clip where there's um like a whole bunch of people um dealing with somebody having a crisis on this airplane 
And one of them is like a bunch of people walking and they have weapons in their hand and they're like hitting the person that's having the crisis, yeah. slapping them. And then like a nun walks over. I think she has like a baseball bat or a wrench yeah. or something, right? And then it was like literally the connection between seeing the clip up there and and then suddenly seeing the back of the room and, and then most of them were like wearing black and white. I don't know what was wrong with my brain. I didn't like assume they were penguins. Um, and so like, I was like, wow, I've dropped an EPROM in every sentence and I hope these nuns, but the, tr the truth is that uh, they actually were absolutely enjoying all of the content. And um, I think those that often um, we assume that they all be um, uncomfortable, they like a dose of reality just like everybody else. So. Um, the, the thing that I wanted to say um, around some of the stuff, and, and uh, you know, I'll start there, is that a, an issue that I'm finding is that I don't know why people have been so slow um, to own this and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and say, okay, now we get it. Like, now we get why the world can't fight this back, like fight back. Like the, the major world powers, including the U.S., are driving this. So who, like, who's coming to rescue us? Mm -hmm. Like we the rescuer. I mean, if you think about how World War II ended, it ended with us liberating camps. Who's coming to liberate our camps? Hmm. It's a good question. It, it, it's, I mean, you're asking some good questions and you made some really good points. Um, so they call me the bearer of doom and gloom. Okay. That's kind of my tag here on the show is the bearer of doom and gloom. So yeah, the 100%, the United States government is 100% 100 complicit in what has happened and been perpetuated throughout this world in the sense of the genocide, the bioweapons, the continuing bioweapon development, as well as the, the various different biolabs in all these other countries that were producing genetically engineered and genetically targeted bioweapons for the Slavic people or the, the Taiwanese people. It doesn't really matter. They were doing it, and they're going to continue to do it. And they're going to utilize these weapons against their own people and against the people of the world. Our audience is very, very aware of this. They understand it. This is why they call me the bearer of doom and gloom, because we, we don't sugarcoat shit. As yep. well as we don't sit there and say, don't worry, guys, the, the patriots are in control and the military is going to save us all. And, and all we have to do is just sit back and wait for Trump to get back in the office and everything's going to be OK. No, that that hasn't been our tone for a very long time. And actually, um, I, I actually developed a, a theoretical model of what was going to happen back in November of 2020. And this was based upon looking at past events and how these globalists have perpetuated these past events. We call it the global firestorm event. Back in November 2020, I said that they were going to basically produce social and cultural instability, political instability in the local, state, and the federal level. This is going to be by going in there, releasing prisoners, producing more violence in the suburban neighborhoods, decreasing the police budgets, decreasing the police force, and pumping up violence in there, because that's how our color revolution works. Then yep. they were going to produce distributions in infrastructure or disruptions in infrastructure, transportation, energy, and then they were going to basically collapse the supply chain. And this goes from everything from food to the support of maintenance of the supply chain, the military, everything else. Then after this, you're going to see uh, the housing moratorium end, and you're going to see foreclosure rates skyrocket. Right now they're at 220% above normal. Uh, people are going to be getting homeless because obviously they don't want you to own anything. And then we're going to have political destabilization in the United States of America, eventual collapse of the political system. And this is going to be followed by a global economic collapse and eventually World War Three. Everything that I've said is happening right now. And I said it's all going to cascade within a six to eight month period. And so this is what we talk about on a daily basis. Yeah. And it sucks talking about it. 
but it's the so dose let me, of let me jump in. Let me jump in and say um, a couple of things that I see differently, but absolutely on the whole, I couldn't agree more um, in a really nice summary. So a couple of things that are a little different for me. One, um, you know, I, I get the gist of what you're saying, but I want, I'm very, very specific about words. Um, and so complicit is different from the criminality, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of um, being the perpetrator. So you use the word, the government is complicit yep. uh, in letting this happen. No, the government is driving this. I mean, uh, the, the word complicit means that we're, you know, there, that there's an allowance for it standing by, you know, sort of turning the other way, uh, maybe milking it a little bit, but, but the, the main actor, all right, the main perpetrator here, is 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 the u.s the u.s government and now you can take it one level up and you can say okay so what happened is uh, no different from these countries you're describing that go through this and coups and things this is just called state capture and so who has captured um uh, these governments around the world and uh, they have been captured by um three main organizations um, and that is vanguard blackrock and street Mm -hmm. And so within that, you, that that's, that's one layer up. And then another layer up is now starting to look at individuals uh, through their own agendas that are attached to those organizations that, that, that are basically, um, for the most part, the good thing about the, the I'm going to say something really weird. The good thing about most of them is that they're profiteers. Mm -hmm. um, there's very few amongst them that actually want um, death toll and very few of them would consider themselves a murderer. Um, but then there are mass killers amongst them that have driven, you know, sort of the psychology behind this, Bill Gates included. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, me included for a long time, you know, I left Bill Gates alone I, 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 just because he wasn't interesting to me as a human being. And, you know, so, and it's, especially as soon as Apple arrived, I was like, all right, well, great. Now there's an alternative to shit product. I never have to hear about Microsoft ever again, right? And so I didn't really know the history um, of the level of extortion uh, that that is on all scales in terms of, you know, a fake sort of mockery of a trial, like, oh, we're going to stop this guy and break up these companies and he can't do this. But yet we're making millions because we've got, you know, co Congress and Senate have got, you know, stacked up portfolios with, you know, all, all, all you know, besides Microsoft, every other company that, that, that fits in nicely to all these portfolios. So these fake trials that go on, um, you know, sort of like it, I just didn't follow it at its time. I also... Um, in a weird way, um, it took this pandemic um, for me to really see that what I was looking at with Gates, and and I and I am putting this out the uh, in a, in a way these days where I actually like I don't give a shit like what he does in terms of legal stuff, right? In terms of because it would give me an opportunity mm -hmm. to put this in in a court of law, and which everybody wants. I mean, the Indian the the, the the sovereign nation of India is about the closest it's got to actually holding Bill Gates accountable for the murders that he's committed in their country. And so for me, the, the, the weird thing is like, now I see him as like an, a grown up Adam Lanza that made it. Like that's all he is. Like, I mean, literally personality wise and everything, like he, he just had a different set of enablers and he had a, a slightly better physiology, but only slightly. And then basically you allow that perpetrator to grow up and so the death toll that he's after, and I'm packing this a lot these days because I think partly what I like being wrong about stuff. Mm -hmm. I like missing stuff. And then I get obsessed with like, how did I miss this? And, you know, who else is on to this? And why didn't they like, you know, um, how, you know, what would have happened if they would have articulated enough for this to be obvious? And so when I'm looking at him and now what people should do is like, there's a whole range of ways that these mass killers, uh, um, that, that they, they, 
there's voice analysis of them. There's basically like their history of, 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 of their deficits and how, um, you know, that gets enabled and helped. And um, when it's done right, that's compassionate care and, and, and helping somebody that, uh, you know, I have severe ADD. I've had my own set of enablers and it allows me to do uh, great work on this planet. Um, but it also is, um, it helps me to understand that when things are done right, you'll get the good out of people. And when things go really, really south, like you, you'll get, you'll get, like you'll get, you'll get, and I don't even know why I just use the word self. I don't think I've ever done that before in terms of a, 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 a you know, somewhat derogatory term. Um, I think of what I was trying to say is sideways. Um, but when when things go sideways, that basically um, then it becomes apparent after the fact. Like I believe Bill Gates will, will suicide as as an endpoint to this pandemic. And I think the saddest part about this for me is there's major people you know, thousands of people that fit under this pyramid. But at the top of it, one of the main perpetrators, if not the perpetrator that I have my eyes on, is somebody who's just obsessed with death toll. His entire, you know, you could think about the fact that like, it was the, I don't know know if you're familiar with like Jimmy Savile, the DJ Mm -hmm. in the UK that was involved with pedophilia. Like sometimes a person has such a desire, such an obsession, such a compulsion that their life is built around enabling that desire so like if somebody said to me like why did bill gates go from this into that and why is he funding this at the at the at the end goal it starts becoming really um easy to see that all of these moves has either been i need to make more money so i can get more dead people or i'm going to build stuff that it, that ultimately brings me dead people and i call them soul collectors and the, and and the, and the weird thing about it is that they it becomes easy to see why they suicide and Hitler included, um, why they suicide at the end of their scheme is a strange part about it is that they they desiring to feel human, and they're desiring to feel some form of success and legacy, and they don't like so the 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 bad thing for the world is that Bill, like Gates is not stopping, like because no matter what he's got. And you heard this very clear from him the other day um, where he said a couple of things. One, he said, sadly, the immune system is providing a better protection than the vaccine. Sadly, right? Sadly. Like anybody in the room right there, like literally should have jumped off their seat and going, motherfucker, what did you just say? Like, what do you mean sadly? Like that would be like literally like you're you're at a school meeting after, let's say, a shooting that just took place in Evaldi, Texas. Right. And you have somebody that's involved in that killing. Let's say the grandfather, you know, he shot his grandmother to death. But but the father, the mother, anybody that's still around, right? If there was a co-conspirator or an enabler, can you imagine as an interview or in a room full of people that are, you know, mourning the tragedy would go like, sadly, they pinned him down to two rooms and he was only able to take out. I mean, yeah. at any given point, people would get out of their seats and they would listen, put that motherfucker up against the wall. Yep. So he literally says, sadly, and everybody's like, well, that's weird. No, it's not weird. Like the dude is broadcasting. Like my threat assessment and threat management people, I'm just hoping enough of them and law enforcement and military start hearing this and I'm calling them out. Where the fuck are you? Seriously, where are you? Everybody wants to be the, the hero. Everybody's going to be running into this, you know, the, the greatest myth of all. Um, you're going to run to the sound of gunfire. You and I both know that that is going to be like one in a hundred, one in a thousand soldiers 
officers, emergency management, or, or public uh, uh, civilians that are running anywhere to go and help. Right. You know it's either in your blood or it's not, right? And so the other thing is all the shit talk about like what they would do in that situation. And here, and, and, and the last piece of my tirade over here, and then I'll come straight back to you. The last piece of it is, okay, so for every patriot out there, every person who believes that the second amendment is really important, first of all, don't disrespect the founding people that made our, our, uh, you know, the end of the, uh, uh, um, uh, our constitution for what it is. If they thought that the second amendment was more important, it would have been called the first amendment. So you don't wait, you don't wait till your guns are taken from you or somebody is like, oh shit, this week we're going off right. the ghost guns. You go when someone gets censored from the social media platform. You go when one of your national counterterrorism experts is banned for a lifetime from LinkedIn. I go from 5,500 professional colleagues connected on a platform to them just saying, no, no, you just can't, you can't play with us. I, I had over 13,500 and I was deleted overnight uh, from right. LinkedIn. I've been deleted from Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, so what the, um, Patreon. I, mean, I, I hope it's fine that I've been cursing, but seriously, to my people out there, they consider themselves patriots, protectors. What the fuck are you waiting for? Yeah. Seriously, what are you waiting for? And here's the thing, the last piece to this is, and, and, and maybe this is, uh, you know, give you a segue into uh, some of the topic around vaccines and whether, you know, where this is going in terms of your model, um, is that the biggest myth is shots fired. Like the idea that you're going to hear a shooting, you're going to hear an attack and like, oh, if somebody attacked my kid's school, and shots were fired, I'd be there. I, I you know, like, I, you know, shit, I'm, I'm, I'm on top of it. But yet people can roll up at your kid's school with a neurotoxic spike protein and put it in their arm. And you're fine. You're, you're like, oh, that's happening on Wednesday. Where do I sign that, that I've given consent? Really? You're going to call yourself a patriot when your own government <laughs> wants to put neurotoxin, neurotoxin, alpha bungrotoxin into the human body. And you're going to be like, oh, yeah, it's uncomfortable. I need to keep my job. Oh, yeah, they're putting pressure on me. My supervisor's asking me again. Really, motherfucker? Well, you know, a, a lot of this. And so uh, you, you made a lot of, of good points there, and I want to touch on a few of them. Firstly, number one reason, I choose my words wisely. And one reason I said complicit is because we, we can't take all the functions of government and throw them in there. Most of the government probably knows or understands and they turn their back to it. Uh, well, this is a very, very small part, function, faction, deep state, whatever we want to call it, that are utilizing the power of the government, the authority of the government, to perpetuate this onto the world, utilizing the United States government as a fall guy. Um, at least that's what I've seen. So that's why I say complicit. The government is complicit. But if we want to look at blame, we can find and point out exactly who knows about it. Who, who knows it's happening, who are turning their back to it, who are allowing it to happen, and they are absolutely accessories, and we know who has started it, who the, where the function of the, where the research came from, Fauci, all these guys, EcoHealth Alliance, the DOD, we know that they're all involved, NIH, uh, we know that, right? So we know who is complicit, and we know who's guilty, right? But I just wanted to clarify that. No, no, beautiful. I, that, that, that's a yeah. really good expression, and I love it. It's a version of what I've been saying lately, which is basically not uh, – we need to remember that there are good people within all these organizations. Yes. Um, and, but, however, I've there is a point. There yeah. is absolutely a point where the, you reach threshold, 
right? And the idea of yeah. turning your back is no longer turning your back. You are involved in criminal in a criminal uh, enterprise, yep. uh, and now you're not forgive them, Father. They not know. Like they know they're involved. They're still getting their salary every week. And so at that point, no, you're you're now collaborating, right? And but I get Correct. exactly where you're coming from. One hundred percent, and I agree with you. Uh, and I agree with you. And so I want, I want to touch on a few other things. Now, the Second Amendment, I mean, I served. I, I'm a gun owner. I'm a small arms instructor. Um, one, I studied the Constitution. I got pocket constitutions. I got the, the Federalist Papers over here. Uh, our founding fathers, one of the reasons that they put it second is because in the Declaration of Independence where it says that any government that becomes destructive to the means, it is the will, the right of the people to remove or replace that government. And this was meant to be done pertaining to three different aspects in precedence. Now, the Constitution Bill of Rights was written in precedence, number one being the the utmost important, and number 10 being the foundation upon which it's all built upon. Uh, The number one was, and this goes to Federalist Paper 46, James Madison, of how he talked about if we ever have a tyrannical and oppressive government in the United States of America, how do we write that into the Constitution so the people can protect and defend themselves? And he said the four steps must happen. And the first two is disquietude from the people, utilizing their voice to go out there in the public, wake up the public, alarm them to what's happening. Number two is civil disobedience. And he didn't clarify between nonviolent and, and violent civil. He just said civil disobedience, causing disruptions, not paying taxes, you know, holding these people accountable. And the other two drives actually the, the 10th Amendment. This would have been governors who are outspoken in state legislation to counteract federal legislation that is um, tyrannical. Now, he says, when all this fails, now we go to number two. When the voice of the people and the people's representatives fail, that's through this discourse. Now we go to number two, and this is where the Second Amendment comes in. So when I look at it, um, I agree with you. Public discourse, it's over. There's no more talking about this. Is that we have people who are accessories to genocide in this country that are serving in government, Republicans and Democrats, okay? Mm -hmm. They are in administration. It doesn't matter if Trump appointed them, if Biden appointed them, if Bush, it doesn't freaking matter. They all know what's going on. They're all allowing it to happen, and they're too afraid to do anything because they're not the ones running towards the shots that are heard. Right. This literally was the shot heard around the world to start, if you want to say, the second American Revolution. And that was a shot in the arm that is producing mass genocide of billions of people around the world. And I don't think people realize that uh, Dr. McCullough said that we're right now we're in the eye of the storm. Just wait. Once we start hitting that critical threshold, you're going to start seeing some things that you never thought you would see in your lifetime. And I mean, they just came out with this. uh, What is it? This trioxide, this new atmospheric chemical that's in the atmosphere that causes respiratory disease and heart disease. And they're saying, oh, my God, heart disease is being caused by this one chemical that's in the atmosphere. Oh, this is what's this is what's happening. And, and to give you a little background, I lost my brother-in-law two months ago. 34 years of age, U.S. Air Force, triple vax, started with a blood clot, stroke, heart attack, dead. My best, one of my good friends just called me up the other night. His buddy just got COVID, went to the hospital, has blood clots in his lungs, can't breathe. They just intubated him and obviously run Desivir. So we know how that one's going to go. Um, I have four people on my, three to four people on my street who are all having neurological problems and heart problems. Um, I have family members who got vaxxed who didn't listen to what we said that have problems. And I'm just one person. And we've done, we've done surveys here. 
on the chats and said, how many people know people who were affected by this vaccine adversely, either through death, stroke, blood clot, heart attack, neurological problems, shingles, or any of the various different symptoms that come about? And it was about 92% all came back and said yes. And now you implement the rule of three there. This is more massive than we could ever imagine. I mean, well, first of all, sorry for your loss, and I really yeah. mean that. We're all going through it. It's, uh, it, is, it is a terrible feeling, especially for those that are working the problem. You are literally in a hallway uh, uh, fighting a good fight, and you're seeing, you're seeing the people that you love the most, mm-hmm. or someone you served with, your brother, your, 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 uh, your, your people around you are falling next to you. Right in a battle, like the weird. You no, know, so so. Before I continue this thread uh, of where I'm going now, I wa- I want to make sure that I also come back to something that you said. Yeah. This is World War Three. Yep. Yes, it is. Okay. So you said it's coming. Okay. Well, this was 2020. This was November 2020. Oh, okay. Okay. So good. Good. I mean, I freaking love how accurate you are on stuff, and I love how um, you say things like you just like you said you're very purposeful with your choice of words. So yeah, this is. I mean, for a lot of people as well, which is very confusing for me, especially people that are trained, served, contractors, you know, emergency management, law enforcement, whatever you are, you might be the sheriff of your town somewhere. How do you not know you're in a battle? Mm. Right? I mean, like, I don't care how the minimal of, uh, of, of, of history you've ever been, uh, you know, exposed to in terms of patterns of warfare. You don't have to go to West Point to know that so you get you cut the supply chains off and you do disinformation campaigns uh, and then you hit critical infrastructure then you poison the wells i mean you just i, I mean it, it is literally like it's it, the one thing that i can say and i and i love to insult mass killers right because they get they get way too much fame we know that we don't mention their name um, which by the way there's a downside to not mentioning their name which is why sometimes i do in terms of the context mm-hmm. but what we do is we often we give them way too much credit for being good at what they do or how did they manage to get that kind of body count or whatever it is. Any person who's uh, uh, served anywhere or any person who uh, uh, has any bare, you know, the basic knowledge of, of weaponry uh, will know there's nothing impressive about what these people do. And I'll take it even one step further. They have such limited creativity that if you actually look at what they do, they just take the other examples and then they add a little tweak to it something that they're so proud of in terms of trolling or adding something or like you know like oh this guy um you know he used uh you know uh, uh white sharpie or whatever it would be called on on uh on on um you know on the barrel you know uh, you know on this um on the stock and i'm going to do the same thing and but he do a swastika and i'm going to do this nordics like like literally like the, the the tweaks are so um ridiculous and so embarrassing because these people they, the, the, there is a rush for them in, in 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 putting this all together that they can't wait for the world to see you know their manifesto like Oh, this twelve-page, this hundred and twenty-page drivel that you couldn't turn into a college somewhere. It becomes this like thing. Like they banned, they banned the uh, the attacker um, uh, of the mosque um, in New Zealand. You're not allowed to read it. It's a crime to read. Right. Right. Like like basically, it's such a a, a, a well-written document uh, with 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 such subliminal language that like you will read it and you will become a mass killer. 
through osmosis. Like you don't even have to read it. It's just the words. The, you know, there's some form of code in the spacing. Oh, we need to ban this across the entire country that if they read the material, it's a crime. Like it's absolute drivel. I mean, it is unintelligent and these people string a bunch of things together. And so what's interesting for me around it is um, when, when, uh, um, when, when we, when we we're talking about, about the, the sort of um, the shots fired and what people need to do, um, we have a situation where uh, people are, are currently uh, in a wave of dying. And I agree with you um, in terms of your assessment and what you said from McCullough. Um, I think that the hard part about anybody that understands the mechanics of this is when we know that we are at the very beginning of the timeline. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, as much as the pandemic has got you know, two and a, and a bit years, whatever it is, like, um, and a lot, and, and, and all of this human suffering and even the body count that we have and um, the immense destruction it's got, you know, you, you it's got, I want to uh, just, it might seem a little callous to do this, but in terms of a, co- a comparison to uh, an attack with, let's say, an AR-15, like this is the equivalent of like the, the person just shot the security officer. Like they're not even in the building yet in terms of a timeline. And so part of what I want to be able to do, and um, I don't know how much detail you want because I think it's useful for people, um, the, the doom and gloom that you bring to people, um, we're, we're in good company over here. Um, I don't think that the two of us, like at a party, like unless people were really into our stuff, could listen to us more than like three minutes without getting really depressed and going like, these guys need to leave, right? But the thing about it is that both of us are coming from the place of preservation of life. And so lately what I've done uh, is I've switched and I'm not polite. What I try and do with friends and family and anyone that will listen to me is I need to tell them that they die. Like that feels like an ethical like responsibility. Like yeah. I, I mean, for me now, the comparison is like there's a there's a family walking towards a cattle truck that literally believes that they're going to a better place. What kind of an asshole would a human being be not to tell them where they're actually going? Right. I mean, yeah. the bare the bare minimum I can do for the vaccinated is they are currently dying. And if they haven't died this week, right? And if they don't die next year, what what this what what this uh, uh, bioweapon does um, is it speeds up the death process. Um, and I don't know that I've had an opportunity to do this uh, anywhere else. And uh, so bear with me for a minute as yeah. I make a comparison here that I think your audience will love, um, and and then they can get onto friggin' YouTube and National Geographic, and it gets really there's some cool science to watch that really is very simple in understanding what this thing is doing without any need for any high level biology. Um, the toxins on it, right. And I'll now start being very specific differently from let's say Dr. Artis who just, you know, threw this venom stuff out there and then it may or may not be in the water. And, and then that was the weapon that people could say like, Oh, I'm not even listening to it because he didn't prove it's in the water. The venom component is a hundred percent provable and is known in the genomic sequence. I don't know if you know that. This is not a the- this is not a theory, right? The the genomic sequence is known, and there are no matter what the origin is, they are um, they are uh, um, highly lethal toxins. And if you want to be true to the biological definitions, until it's injected um, into the human body, whether it's a vaccine or fangs. Uh, or a sting on the back of a bee or a scorpion on the back of its tail, until that toxin is used in a way where it enters the body as an injection, it's no, it can't be called venom. It's a toxin. 
There's a subtle difference in that a toxin that is injected becomes a comfortable word that we use is venom. Now, it's kind of stupid because at the end of the day, when you have a toxin that's stored in a venom gland, the back of the salivary glands, uh, you know, somewhere in, in some creatures uh, back of their mouth or the king cobra that's about to spit. Like it's a little, it's a little weird to then say, okay, hold on. If I'm going with your strict definition, are we saying that when it spits the venom, we call it a toxin flying through the air as an aerosolized particle, and then it's getting into the eyes and it's going through the conjunctiva of the eye. And then it's basically having a neurological switch from the minute that it gets in and it's absorbed, whether it's on the skin or the eye or in the mouth. And so is that still a toxin? And maybe a purist would say, yes, that's, a, that's using it in a way where it's an aerosolized toxin. But then the, the King Cobra uh, has uh, caused uh, a, a trans-ischemic attack, a TIA, which is similar to stroke in its prey, as a form of fight fight, uh, fight, uh, flight, and freeze. It's created freeze by not using the sympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is if you trigger the sympathetic nervous system to paralyze prey, it's too easy for that prey to override uh, those that freeze. If one, it has the capability neurologically to override it, and two, if there is enough oomph in that adrenaline and epinephrine and norepinephrine, it will start looking for what places to go. So in other words, a deer in headlights has just run out of opportunities. It's only frozen in time and space because it's running through an algorithm. Shit, I can't go left. I can't go right. I can't go up. And it's too late because the algorithm that it's running through has left you the conclusion I'm on, as, uh, as uh, Aussie man would say it, I'm on the des I'm on the way to destination fucked. Right. And so that freeze component is a different biology to using. And then this helps me to segue into a really, really important part. I don't know how much time we have, but I want your audience to hear yeah, probably the most important way that we've got to help our friends uh, and family to know that they need to help themselves, which is once that venom triggers the system and it's created another way of suspended time and space for that creature, right? What it's going to do, and the, by the way, the, the main way that it does that is really interesting. It creates hyperinsulinemia. It uses insulin to paralyze the prey so that the body has to counteract it with glucose. The antidote to insulin is glucose. So it, it rushes the body with a massive dump of glucose. But when it does that, you've got to know it's pulling glucose from everywhere to decrease the, so it is really a massive chemical war and if it more than likely what's going to happen from that point is that the insulin is going to increase again because the glucose has gone up then they increase and so you, you it, it is it is basically a um a uh, uh what people call like a vicious vicious circle it is that initial piece of motion to paralyze the animal before even a stroke before clotting um, uh, uh, before there's any ischemia anywhere in the body, it is a massive dump um, of insulin, which uh, 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 any person that will know that that's similar to uh, a, a diabetic, uh, a DKA, a diabetic, uh, what's it called, a ketoacidosis. And so, and so essentially here you have this prey um, and now the prey is in this battle because ultimately 
a weird thing about it is um, it is locked into that frozen motion, not because there are options. So the mouse that's cornered is actually faster than the snake. And it can go left, it can go right, it can go up, it even can jump over the snake. And so you can see that it's not running out of options and frozen in terms of an algorithm, it's paralyzed. Right. So the next layer of it is actually starting to paralyze the animal, but it takes a while for those nicotinic receptors to paralyze um, muscles. The last pieces that get paralyzed are um, the breathing and the brain, simply because this is a, a major part to, to the subject of venomics, uh, how venom works, um, that I don't think that most people know is that venom is um, the, the, the end point of a venom might be death, but venom, the primary goal of a venomation is I want to use a very non-biological term, zombification. The primary goal is to create suspended animation for that creature where they're not alive or dead because the gain of function, the natural gain of function, the way that the, the, the term used to be used before we even spoke about bioweapons is that natural gain of function is energy efficiency. So you have this animal that has this great weaponry um, but the, 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 the survivability of that animal and the, and the true reason that it's an apex predator is that it uses the animal's energy to kill itself slowly. And then it uses all the enzymes while it's doing that to decompose itself while it's still alive. If it's dead, then it switches over into a full decomposition and it's going to be too slow. So a big aspect to this bioweapon, besides the idea that, you know, people know that you know, associate venom with things like neurotoxins and cardiotoxins are these things called kinases that, that people have heard a lot of, and, you know, drilling down into some of the science of what uh, they, you know, they're using to block SARS-CoV-2 and the rest of it. And kinases are, um, you know, uh, essentially Edward Scissorhands. Like their job is to go through the body and cut proteins. And they start at the seams. So this is why somebody who's got uh, COVID, while they've got COVID, they're actually going to have um, a loss of pain in previous injury because venom is uh, analgesic. Mm -hmm. But as soon as that wears off, where, the, where they're going to feel it again, and it's going to come back tenfold of previous injuries. And so it hits the spots. It hits the spots where there's been oxidative stress. And basically a, a non-biological way of saying it is, uh, and, and for guys out there that are in construction and welding, it's hitting the welds. Like our body fixes uh, uh, tissue and injury um, uh, um, in a way um, that's different when we're naturally growing um, throughout our life. It fixes tissue and it uses a lot of metalloproteins. So it uses scaffolding. And so when a venom goes out there and it triggers the switch to start the whole body attacking itself, um, it, 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 it's breaching. Like it, it's, it's what everyone's critical of, of Uvalde. Like, why didn't you fucking take down the door? Like, what was it about that situation? And that's, we can get into some of this topic uh, because I'm, 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 I'm pissed with a lot of things, but something that I'm really pissed off is that we need to learn a pattern. Anybody with combat experience, anybody like yourself, you're an instructor. Um, we need, we can't leave it up to the public, okay? They, they can have all the chatter they want about why didn't they do this? And first of all, we always need to know that we need to understand the person in the arena. And the second part is these knee-jerk rapid appraisals that we do 
are so one they're unnecessary and two they're useless because you're putting a piece of a puzzle together but you don't even have half the box you don't even have a quarter of the box you're making up shit to make sense of a, a puzzle that you have no idea what that picture is supposed to look like mm. but you're going to make a picture and then you're going to sell that and then it gets really messy for the public because a guy like you or somebody else with expertise a guy like me if we jump in to those discussions and start weaving it together in a, in a situation that's just taken place, we run the risk of leaving too much for people to go, oh, well, of course then, I mean, I heard from my mate Josh and he was saying this and, you know, a year later, that person saying that attack didn't take place. Yeah. We, we, we leave these inconsistencies and then the rational mind goes, well, with all these inconsistencies, I mean, it must be a conspiracy. But it's been my job over almost a decade now to know as many pieces of the puzzle as possible to see the complete picture. And I got to tell you, it's not even that interesting as compared to what people think. Hmm. You know, people love like, uh, sorry, I digressed. I, I, yeah. I, uh, I went all over the place over here. But what I can tell you is like Vegas. Vegas has like a trillion conspiracy theories around it. Okay. The shittiest part about Vegas and the death toll and injury is that whole incident came from a slip and fall. Hmm. Yeah. Steven Paddock was a high roller and had spent millions of dollars in Vegas casinos, especially the ones that he stayed in, obviously, uh, uh, a lot. And in, in the Cosmopolitan, he had a slip and fall that was caught on camera and he just wanted like 30K. It wasn't because he couldn't afford it. The guy was a millionaire. Okay. He felt like anyone else, like... Oh, I had a slip and fall that shouldn't have taken place. It's their fault. They must pay. There's a lot of people that when bad shit happens to you, even if you don't need the money, there's a sense of justice. And especially that that would have been the equivalent of family and home to him. So it would be like somebody in your family doing you wrong and they're not taking ownership for it. Sorry, dude, I burnt your steak. I'll make you another. But when they made out him to be a villain, and trying to milk a si the system for 30K, then it stepped up. And from the minute that that slip and fall happened, there are anniversary dates all the way through to the attack that match up to that bang in his head. That shit, I've worked really hard not to be an asshole like my father. You know, he was a full on psychopath, his father, wanted by the FBI, bank robber, manipulative comment. And this guy uh, had built a life that had aspects of that. But he had suppressed all of it. And then he's getting to be an old man. And the home that is the casino, over 30 grand, says, no, you're a douchebag. Like, you shouldn't have been drinking a beer out of a bag. And clearly you're drunk, which he wasn't. And so the shittiest part about it is that all those conspiracy theories, oh, there must have been more than one attacker. And look at the amount of things in the separate room. It takes away from the actual really, really ridiculous nature of a narcissist. It's seriously, you're going to kill all these people because you pissed off over 30 grand. What kind of an asshole are you? And we just had one. We just had another one in, in, uh, where was that in, uh, Tulsa, um, uh, Tulsa. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The, uh, um, medical malpractice. Right. Okay. So the guy needs to shoot up a bunch of people cause he's got backache, right? Grievance can be spotted. Right. And so let's drill this back down. Let's, let's take this back to the pandemic and let's take it down to why I'm pissed off that some of the easy science 
is not getting out to people and how we can help friends and family. I've now finally got people. It took, it, these are the things that I celebrate, which is really weird, like in our lifetime. As a, as a doom and gloom guy, you get this. When, a, when, when you are the truth teller and then finally someone comes and says to you, listen, I've been listening to you and I don't want to die. So what should I do? Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, now I've got someone walking away from the train, the cattle truck. Like, like now we can celebrate. There's one more human being that's going to make it out of this. Yeah. And so, you know, that doom and gloom as the, as the messenger, uh, you know, has, has method and purpose that is finally catching on. There's one last aspect and you, you thank you so much for just letting me run with the information. Yeah, um, but there's, there's one last piece um, that I want to drill down on over here, which is that it's not a get, a get out of jail card with anybody um, that, that, that's fallen prey to this and that their own you know, sense of intelligence and their own research should have all, like, when people say like, oh, I don't have time to like understand the vaccine or to see if there was data that I was missing. Why, what were you doing? Right. Like, seriously. And there's people out there that well, can tell Wapner's me. Wapner's on at seven and Jeopardy's on at 730. I, I couldn't miss my favorite TV shows. Um, you know, it's 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 tough when I come home from work. I just want to sit down and do nothing. I don't want to have to look up things that I potentially will put in my body that could kill me. Sure. I was playing Call of Duty, you know, and, uh, you know, like, uh, it, you know, and, and, and so I didn't have time to actually look up that data for myself or try and understand what bullshit technology or, or smell the bullshit in the in the uh, in the marketing piece. Right. Um, because they were so busy. Now, there's a couple of things that make it really difficult for somebody like you don't judge them in terms of their business. If someone has just had a baby. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, in a family, if, if there's a new baby. If there are multiple children that need help in a family that doesn't have a lot of help, which is most families, right? That it becomes really difficult like to find extra time. And then there's another category of people, which is your elderly and you're you're sick, where basically there should never be an uh, expectation on children, the elderly or the sick to find the energy to research anything. I mean, that's why we look after them, right? That's how we carry them on our backs. While, while they while they need us right and so the the the, the part to it is that there is one fa- uh, aspect that will allow a lot of people to save face uh, but whether they can do something about it I'm not sure yet which is um, I really hope that you haven't heard this information before uh, because it might be very cool for you to hear it which is the spike protein binds to what's known as the nicotinic acetylcholine receptor yep, that that is the main driver of covid now, what it's doing is it is dulling down the senses of the vaccinated to the point where it is literally the equivalent of giving them hundreds of packets of cigarettes to smoke all at the same time. And that we know by the nature of nicotine, nicotine as a uh, chemical is not known as a stimulant. We're like, holy shit, I can't solve the problem. You know, let me have a No, it takes the edge of stuff. It's actually going to allow you the space not to think. It's an anti-anxiety uh, effect rather than something that makes you anxious that solves the problem. And so the curve of critical thinking is the opposite for nicotine. Now, there's a lot of people that would say, no, that's bullshit. Like, I'm a comedian. I go out and smoke. Well, partly what's happening over there is you chilling yourself out. If you are a really high-strung person, your thinking has to slow down. So there is a subset of people 
where the reaction of it works more like a stimulant, but it's very, very small. Mm -hmm. And the messed up part about that is that within that subset, there are people that that nicotine makes them more violent. So something that I treat, uh, teach SWAT officers, for example, is that it, just like anyone's ever seen in a movie, that idea of like the, the person is offered like, um, you know, as part of the negotiation, hey, man, are you hungry? You know, what can we get you? You know, we want this to go well. You must be hungry. And like, like in all the movies, I want a pack of cigarettes. Okay. Now, if that pack of cigarettes is asked for, then, and you have somebody that you are assuming is going to be violent in a hostage situation, you're going in and you're pushing as quick as possible because by the time that they've got enough nicotine to take the edge off, they're turning that notch up on their, psychopath in their psychopathic behavior, mm. right? The, the inhibitor of being able to be completely callous, completely uh, venomous, they have to dial it up a notch. And that's what's currently the vaccinated. You should be seeing the tiniest subset of people where that are that are raging they're more angry they're more irritable irritable uh, and they had that personality already but the rest of the people had the personality of bystanders that word complicit is beautiful compliant sheep and so what it's done is it just made them worse than ever in non-involvement now i i don't i don't want to get into a complete spiritual discussion but i want to i want to show you some aspects that i found um, I had a guy on the show, Dr. B Dean Radin, on my other show. He's a, um, uh, a scientist, electro, uh, electromagnetic engineer. Um, he is the chairman of the Institute of Noetic Scientists, uh, the Institute of Noetic Science, which was created by a former astronaut, the, the Edgar Mitchell guy who walked on the moon. And uh, they do a lot of research in the consciousness, a lot of research into uh, the paranormal and parapsychology and these types of things. Um, he was on the show and he was talking about in the 1980s, SRI, Stanford Research Initiative, which was funded by the Central Intelligence Agency, did a lot of work and investigation to find out if there was a DNA aspect that was causing people to have this spiritual acuity or to have paranormal experiences. And they found out that people had a certain gene that was expressed known as SLC18A. That is expressed, and this is what causes them to be psychic or have paranormal experiences or even a belief, a strong belief in God and spirituality. Now, the interesting thing about the SLC um, 18A gene is its upregulation comes through something known as VMAT2. VMAT2 is downregulated because of NAC. Yeah, beautiful. And, and I'm going to take it, I'm going to run with what you're saying, and that the, uh, the neurological. Uh, base for everything that you just said as a way of saying, okay, if you are looking for that whole um, uh, gene expression mm -hmm. in, in an organ, right? And it's going to have an expression in all organs in the body. But if you're looking for it in the brain, where would you go looking? And you would go looking in the temporal lobe yep. because the seat of the, of the highest concentration of that gene expression is going to be in temporal lobe uh, and it's going to be connected to nicotinic receptors. And so when people have temporal lobe epilepsy and they tend to be already the type of people that are uh, eclectic, uh, like you just said, esoteric, 
Um, they will be deeply spiritual. Uh, there's something called Jerusalem syndrome, which is a form of psychosis that people have when they are overwhelmed by, um, you know, going to a place on some form of pilgrimage. Um, that is all housed in terms of uh, electrical stimulation in the temporal lobe. And there are pathways that lead to your sense of taste and smell. Yep. And so when somebody has a, uh, an epileptic fit that, uh, that it, uh, relates to the temporal lobe, they will get something called an aura. And that aura is often the smelling of burning. Now, long haulers will absolutely testify to the fact that one of their experiences when losing their taste and smell is that for some of them, it hasn't come back on yet. And for others, it's come back on and it's been okay. But most of them will describe that they are still smelling burning. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So, so they, the, the, the attack on, 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 on the neurology of this is also um, not that they wanted people to have the spiritual moment, although you can see that they've milked it. They've wanted churches pushing the vaccine. Um, you've, you've heard preachers right, that are now involved in a genocide because they went up on their pulpit and they said, oh, this vaccine is a gift from God, hmm. right? So they have targeted subsets of people based on where they think that the nicotinic receptors are going to be exploited. So one, the, the biggest group that is uh, at risk uh, uh, for death uh, from, from, from uh, uh, the syndrome known as COVID, which I prefer to call it spike protein syndrome, because it doesn't matter whether it's COVID or from the vaccine, same thing, um, is that the biggest risk are people that if you want to throw a spiritual component into it, these are the people of the forbidden fruit. Mm. So what what I, I don't I, uh, you know I don't know what your hard stop on this is, but I got to tell you that the uh, there are some really cool ways um, of seeing um, the the problem and the solution. Uh, the the problem uh, is one that has gone back since really early human origin, and that the fight that we've been in since human origin is that the split when the world split up, let these subsets of human. Um, one of them got the really good branding called modern human. Like they weren't any more modern than their Denisovians and they weren't any more sophisticated than the Neanderthals. Mm -hmm. But, but as soon as they started creating books and they were the psychopaths, the more psychopathic, they already started putting their marketing spin bullshit and they already started feeling superior. And, and they are the people that are the people that feel that they Aryan and that basically they've been hunting down Neanderthals ever since. And the thing that, that ties this all together is that their grievance with the Neanderthals would piss them off, like in the Stephen Paddock, really dude, over 30K, you had to kill all these people. Here's what really pissed them off. They were working really hard to survive in the best way that they thought, which was industrial agriculture and uh, harnessing the power of the, of, uh, the burden on the beasts and 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 milking cows and and corralling things and you know, the idea of capturing rather than hunting uh, hunting the idea of gathering right as a hunter gatherer means that you're energy efficient in terms of you're taking what you need and you'll find ways to preserve it but you don't build systems to keep your food with you that's the equivalent of shitting where you live like or whatever that's called in terms of like you know even the even a dog really hates to, to take a crap in their crate and it's the same thing. We built these really bad systems where we take animals off the planet and we make them, you know, 
uh, we make them uh, uh, hostages to us. Then we keep them really close to us. Neanderthals didn't live that way. And they lived in, a, in an apex predator kind of way. They hunted with efficiency and they only took down woolly mammoths. So here's this group of farmers. Here's this group back in the day of this much bigger tribe, much bigger outreach. Um, they're spread across the planet. Uh, was based on a need for survival because it was so hard for them to survive where the Neanderthals didn't go far. And so they actually, you know, the, 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 the Bill Gates formula, the Fauci formula in this is envy. Hmm. It comes down to the other major driver for killing besides a grievance is envy. I want to be like you. I want to be cool like you. I want to be accepted by you. I also want my father to pay attention to me. Cain and Abel. Okay, one of the earliest stories in terms of slaughter, right? The envy literally is these people that are struggling to survive and they have to work really hard night and day are looking at these Neanderthals who love to take down one woolly mammoth. Then they make love, they make art, they make medicine, they find plants that they can use, they take care of the elderly, they, they come up with equipment that when they're moving to the you know small places that they move to, um, which wasn't very dispersed, they took their elderly and sick with them. They would never do what we did this during this pandemic. I mean, one of the things that you can see uh, the complete destruction of a society, there's two major ways that you can see that a society is about to burn out. And it is how they treat their elderly. Yep. Because no one on the planet would be here without our parents and grandparents. Okay, so anybody that could even stomach during the pandemic that someone would be buried without them or die in a hospital, Okay, should know that something's really off, much worse than Adolf Hitler could have even, even dreamed of in terms of separating out the herd. And, and, and it's successful because it is what the, 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 the parts that they, they learned that worked from the Nazis the most came from Mengele. Mm -hmm. The parts from the, the medical experiments and the psychological experiments that then became the basis of a lot of CIA work and a lot of um, uh, the work that we even need to see now. The Travis, uh, Stack, yeah. the Travis Stack yeah. Institute. Exactly, right. Um, are all based on this idea um, of taking something and um, exploiting um, the medical side to it and the, and, um, and the sickness side to it. And then also, as we know from you know, experiments like Mogram and Zimbardo, the authoritative. And the worst of the authoritative exploits, okay, is to take trusting people and people by nature are heard have to be trusting. And to take that and you don't drive it as an authority dictatorship figure. The easiest way to hurt somebody is to be the authority that's kind. Mm -hmm. Right. So we've, we've given all these people heroes and titles and Israel gave Fauci the uh, speaking the truth award with a million dollar prize. So when people see these people on TV, and they're not dark like us, or they don't have a good sense of history, or they're very naive and trusting. The exploit here is that you're ultimately from birth told to trust the doctor. Mm -hmm. Oh, it might hurt a little, the shot's gonna hurt, but you're gonna get a lollipop. You know who else gives out lollipops like that? Pedophiles. Your ass hurts, here's a lollipop, don't tell anyone, right? I mean, it's literally the same exploits in terms of kindness, kindness can be exploited as the weakness. And so a predator that's able, right, to put on the suit of the sheep or the shepherd or the sheepdog is the worst of the worst always. And hmm. guys like you and I can see it. Yep. 
but we cannot expect other people to see it and unplug themselves from it. But the, 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 the if we've got time, um, hit me with a bunch of questions where, where uh, anything that you, that, that you think may help, help others. Um, but what's, what, what's really interesting for me um, around where I'm at, and I hope it changes, is that I'm now looking at this from one of the earliest lessons that I learned in survival. I took like a life, uh, um, a lifesaver course when I was 10 and you had to tread water and everything to get the certificate, like a junior lifesaver. <laughs> but the thing that I learned is that drowning people drown you. Yeah. So now I don't help anybody that's not asking for help. And I don't even get into a discussion around how awful this is with somebody who's bought in because they will drown you. So, I, I want to comment on what you said because you said a lot, but I want to I want to talk about this part for a second because you are a clinical psychologist, and I, I think people need to understand that that when you're you're discussing the various branches of humanity, how the mind works, psychopaths, this is something that you're a subject matter expert on. Um, in the occult, when you study the occult, um, you start seeing parallels and patterns, and you start bringing these things in. The same thing with like the esoteric mysteries. Um, one thing that I noticed, and I wrote a a paper on this over a decade ago, was there was this perception uh, between people who were masters of the occult, the adepts in the middle, and then the initiates. And this perceptionalism was in the sense that um, those who did not have the knowledge were at a lesser form or were not even human or considered human. And that the people who weren't even initiated, they were subhuman. And uh, what I call it, I call it the three evolutionary branches of humanity. And what you have is you have lesser man, you have middle man, and you have high man. And this is the way they look at it. Lesser man is a person who has no emotional intelligence. They, they don't know how to interact with their, in, their emotion. One of the ways we explain this is with something known as the law of cause and effect. The law of cause and effect, instead of thinking about it as a law that is pertinent in the universe, you think about it in two realms of existence. You have the realm of effect where you're completely reacting to everything that's happening in your environment. And the law of causation where you're producing the influences into your environment to produce the results that you want. Whereas the lesser man, they don't understand this and they simply react to the environment. And I, I give a prime example for sports fans out there. Your team loses the Super Bowl and you're in the middle of the road yelling, screaming, and pounding the ground and crying. That's a lesser man. That's a person who has no control over their emotional intelligence and they react to their environment. You have the middle man. The middle man has a certain level of intelligence, understands certain things in life. They have a certain level of emotional intelligence. But they still do not understand the upper mysteries of mind, how to control their mind. They don't know how to act from a point of causation. And then you have the high man which rises above all of them and utilizes what he would consider his magic to influence those lesser groups for his benefit. And this has been very, very prevalent throughout all occult societies. And so when you're talking about the, the, the Sonians versus the Neanderthal, it, it's spot on. And I've heard this theory too. It was, I think it was uh, Michael Cremo, who was uh, an archaeologist who was actually talking about this, is that there used to be Neanderthal and Dysonian wars the Dysonians lived in the, in the deep forest. They would come out and they would utilize strategy and metho uh, me methodology to kill the Neanderthal by basically setting them up with prey. They would have a woolly mammoth that would be on a certain path and they would basically trap them and that's how they would kill them. 
And they would even resort to cannibalism at times. And so what we see is two evolutionary branches of humanity. One that kind of grows up with no emotional intelligence, but also has this devoidance of, of emotion. And this could be pertain- pertinent to the expression of that VMAT2 uh, pathway and the SLC18A gene just not expressing in that group of humanity. And then you had the Neanderthal, which it is fully expressed, and they have developed this emotional intelligence. And over 50,000, 100,000, 200 years of evolution, this has been integrated. This could be also one of the reasons they're collecting DNA is to find out who's on their side and who's not and who to target and who not to. But I, I found it really interesting just through your your whether it's epidemiological research that you're doing or the research that you're pulling in from academia and then mine from the occult correlates directly to each other. So I found oh, that fascinating. That's phenomenal. I, I, I love I love the comparison here. Uh, I also think that it is perfect because I think one of the ways that um, is very useful for those that are interested in dismantling this is that it, it does need to be dismantled like an occult and and and, and certainly the uh, like a cult specifically uh, in terms of um, both the neurological aspects, um, uh, the psychological brainwashing, but then also this extra variable that uh, is very complicated, right? The addiction, and so the uh, the shot. Uh, uh, by the time that somebody's had their second shot, um, mm-hmm. the, the chances of them going for the third is much higher. And by the time they've had the third, the ch- chances of them having a fourth, regardless of injuries or anything they see, gets even higher because you've created an addiction simply to the chemical. Now, the, the reason uh, um, that the uh, FDA is chasing uh, nicotine, for example, right now, is that that is competing with their project. Right. They are going after the same receptors. I mean, we know this from COVID that smokers, um, you know, they may have all kinds of other diseases taking place, um, but they didn't get COVID. And when they got it, it was much less severe because the, uh, the you know, just call them friggin uh, uh, USB slots. Right. Or yeah, whatever US we're on right now, USC, whatever it is, like just, the, you know, where, where you plug in. Uh, um, that you are competing with them with things like nicotine and, and black pepper, bioperine. Um, uh, um, and, so, and that's even the way that ivermectin works. Ivermectin is sneaky in that ivermectin doesn't plug uh, the nicotinic receptors. Ivermectin is uh, uh, a modulator. So what it does is it's, it's, it's like an adapter that you throw on the top of it, you know, from male to female, for those that work with electricity or, or you know, uh, cords. Um, it's literally you're just changing the configuration on it which also means that now other things can bind to it, but the main toxin cannot bind to it, which is why ivermectin works prophylactically very well. And it works very well um, if, if, if someone has it in their system early enough. But by the time the spike protein is exploited, the nicotinic receptors, it's not useful in that mechanism of it. Now it has other things in terms of it's an, uh, it's an acid stabilizer, but I tell people when people are all about ivermectin and, you know, this is something that I fault people like uh, FLCC has been that they, they, they get obsessed. They get obsessed with certain ways that you treat something. And I think this is the South African part to me. Like you don't get to decide your best drug of choice. You have to understand the mechanism because when you live in a rural clinic somewhere or you live in a rural area or when you're the clinic doctor or you're running a pharmacy somewhere, you've got to give the people what you've got. You can't, you can't decide, oh, I'm going to have the best or ivermectin is going to be available to everybody or whatever it is. You just have to understand the mechanism because Alka-Seltzer is actually a far better compound. Hmm. 
for dealing mostly with antivirus, Alka-Seltzer original. Next thing, that's off the couch. It's just because a guy like me is saying it. But specifically, when it comes to stabilizing the acidity, having aspirin in it that, uh, you know, uh, is going to help when your uh, body is naturally coagulating. So I think a big part of what we faced over here and what I want to do is I don't like, I mean, I have a protocol which I can send you and you can put up there. Um, it's actually, at, um, people can find it at Kathy Dopp. Uh, uh, dot info uh, with two P's uh, and okay, Kathy Dop dot info. And then on that page on the front page is uh, you'll see like my protocol and I update it regularly. But the thing that I like uh, about that protocol is that one, a lot of the substances are available. And also what I like to encourage people to do is that um, they have tricked us um, by uh, using this bio weapon. That's actually very simple and it's mechanical, you know, uh, there's some, some complicated aspects to it like it has hiv inserts uh it has a super staff in it there are aspects to it that from a bomb maker point of view you go that's interesting that's interesting that they chose that you know because making a pipe on over here and instead of using nails oh why is he using this like from a bomb making point of view um it's, it's got a level of sophistication but nothing that hasn't been available and used for like the last 30 to 40 years in terms of perfecting coronavirus gain of function. Uh, the difference here is that they were able um, to get it finally, uh, the, what they call a raft. It, it just really locks into the ACE uh, receptors right. in the body for replication. But here's something that I think that will come out, uh, a juicy part to some work that I'm doing with some people that are really good at drilling down on the Pfizer documents. Um, there's some people that are working on uh, a theory that there's hot batches, which people talk about that, you know, and then they've divided up the categories of the vaccines. And they basically said, you know, not all the vaccines are the same. Um, there's one version of the vaccine that's supposed to work like the paper and the patent, you know, the academic paper that would explain it all, you know, the thing that you could do in a Petri dish. Mm -hmm. But in reality, all the scientists know that to get that to work, you would have to have every set of circumstances along that chain, 100%, and you're not going to get the concentration in terms of titer out of the spike proteins in the human body. You're not going to get it unless you've got perfect circumstances. Even in the lab, your final product, if you hit it like the, the, the hole in one, it's going to be really rare and everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, you did it right. perfectly. Right? And that's because everybody's biochemistry is completely different. It's yes, all at various different levels of biochemistry. Correct. And then also um, for every action, the body is going to fight. It doesn't like pathogens, whether it's a foodborne pathogen uh, 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 or an allergen that someone's got or historically somebody has less enzyme because of where they came from. For example, the Neanderthals are the target of this bioweapon because the, the exploit is a process that takes insulin and turns it back to generalized cells as one of the primary tools. And Neanderthals are the people of the forbidden fruit or mm. also known as Adam and Eve, which Interesting. I've been doing something lately, which I'm really enjoying, um, which is revisiting scripture, revisiting old stories and going like, is there a different way that this makes more sense to me where I don't have to think about it in a metaphorical way? Is there a way that I can use a common sense approach? So Adam and Eve is really um, sort of humorous to me. Adam in Hebrew and Aramaic means under the ground, under. Uh, the, the, when somebody says a prayer for a potato, they're using the word Adam, Adama. Okay. And so it literally translates to under. Um, and then F 
comes from a root word where it's live or breathe. So Adam and Eve is a descriptor. It's not two people that had an incestuous relationship with their children to create the planet. Adam and Eve would be the equivalent of saying those that live underground, the underground livers, hmm. meaning Neanderthals, the people of the cave. And another uh, descriptor that these people had is that when they got sick, the last thing that you could give them was fruit. Hence the story of Adam and Eve with the snake and then Eve saying, hey, Adam, why don't you eat this apple? Right. The last thing that anybody, regardless, because you don't know whether you're going to get messed up from uh, COVID or not. And by the way, SARS-CoV-2 as a bioweapon, uh, one of the worst things for me in, in unpacking this you know, two years later is it feels a little strange because that particular bioweapon doesn't exist anymore. Hmm. It's gone. I mean, uh, uh, and I've been practicing to say it, but I still screw it up in terms of Omicron. I like to throw in an extra N. I might get some French um, because it's all bullshit anyway. But the, that coronavirus is in a family of coronaviruses, but it co is a completely different profile of disease. And I haven't confirmed it yet, but it doesn't look like it has a single venom peptide on it, hmm. which means it's not in envenomation. And you see that in the symptoms. It's causing something that is a much closer term. Uh, uh, instead of calling it, it's causing COVID. If someone tests positive to Omicron, the, the, bi the biological term that people should be using is a very old term. It's cutterer, uh, which is uh, a profile. It's not a disease itself because it can be caused by numerous things. But the profile is I have this itchy uh, throat that doesn't, I, I can't hack anything up. Uh, I've got this persistent cough. I've got aches and pains in my body. It feels like I've got a lot of mucus. It feels like I've got congestion, but nothing's coming out. The biological term for that is cutterer. And so it's a completely different disease profile, which should also let people know, and any person that's, um, you know, a, a top virologist and epidemiologist, all they have to do is sit with me because uh, I want an explanation of how a virus can be doing really well, okay, as a parasite, because that's what they are, obligate parasites, and then they just disappear. Like what, did they get a memo that they were no longer welcome? Where are they? Where are they? Why, you know, that disease profile and that genomic sequence is, can't be found anymore. Hmm. And so in terms of aerosolation or putting into the food or even Brian Otis's venom theory in the water, that biological profile of an actual warfare attack starts making a lot more sense when you can switch something on and switch something off. Hmm. Like if you were on a battlefield, I mean, you know, from your Navy days, right? If you're in, a, in, a, in an area and, and you hit with a nerve agent, the assumption is that you're in a box, you've been hit with nerve agent, and you need to take care of business on the battlefield. But the assumption is that's been spread across that area. The assumption is that there's a box of that substance and that that box is not going to exist in the town that gave it to you. Otherwise, they'd also be having it. Right. Right. And so you, this has the characteristics, what I sent to the FBI, not only as a, uh, a feature of all its biology that I know and know even more now, but also the mechanical observations of why this why this hits certain people is because it's like a heat seeking missile. It's genomically sequenced, which is thank goodness I've, I, I haven't run out of time with you to bring you back to something that I want your opinion on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I believe, and I and 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 I feel like I've got enough intel. And you mentioned it earlier, which is why I really am curious to ask you about it. I believe that that the original bioweapon from what I've seen was uh, has a genomic sequence where it seeks out 
It's going to take out Hispanic. It's going to take out black. It's going to take out first tribe. And all of that data matches regardless of what they tell you about socioeconomic conditions or anything. You can have a wealthy person living in a mansion in LA who gets severe COVID and they're Hispanic. It's got nothing to do with their access to healthcare. It's genomic. It's, it's gene sequence and the chromosome three. However, what I believe is that the, the next variation was what you said in terms of Slavic. And I believe, and I know a lot of people um, have said this, certainly not new on this theory, that Russia, in terms of Putin and his first layer of the military operation to go out to get these bio labs was the sampling of the DNA. And they were getting closer to making a bioweapon that was specific enough to take out populations in Europe, right? And that border on places like Russia and all of the stands, but leave them alone. In other words, leave the, um, uh, let me get my bearings right here, leave Western Ukraine, which is the financial district of the United States, the loitering bank, you know, the bank of loiter, and they should be calling the West Ukraine, and then East Ukraine, which is the Russian side and Russian people. I believe that they'd become really, really close in those bio labs to going, this is the chromosome that we can exploit that will take out, you know, the East side and get, get these Denisovians, but actually leave, leave the, uh, the Nordic and leave, you know, I'm going to stop there because you've got the concept. What are you, what are your thoughts? So we, we actually talked about this exactly. Um, basically, these 28 bio labs, which were funded by the, the Department of Defense, the Defense Intelligence Agency, uh, Black and Leach, which subcontracted Metabiata, which was funded by Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and James Biden. Um, these bio labs were basically researching bioweapons that targeted certain genes within the Slavic people. Putin came forth over the last eight years to the United Nations Human Rights Council and mentioned this, said this, kept on saying it, kept on saying it. Um, there's, there's more history to Ukraine that pertains to this. You go back to World War II, you had a certain portion of Ukraine, the Western region, which was Nazi, Nazi sympathizers and were actually helping the Nazis fight the Russians. This is pre-Soviet Union formulation. Um, during the Nuremberg trials, it was uh, um, Alan Dulles who actually, him and his brother, presided over it as lawyers, the Nuremberg Trials, and they granted immunity to all the Nazis in Ukraine. And so this is where a large faction of those Nazis came into Ukraine. Well, then Ukraine was one of the first primary founding members of the Soviet Union. Um, and this is where the Russians basically began implementing a lot of their people into Ukraine because they didn't trust the Nazis. And so they started basically mixing the waters, if you wanted to say, in Ukraine. Ukraine really didn't like that. 1990s, they had scuffles. Things started going south. We had the Minsk Treaty that was signed in 2014. The United States formed a coup. 2008 is when these biolabs first started formulating. This came after a uh, U.S. bill was passed. This came in the advent of September 2001, not September 11th, September 7th. What people don't know is there's anthrax attacks that were occurring before September 11th. And this prompted the bioterrorism bill that was uh, posted in the House in 2004 that basically gave the Defense Threat Reduction Agency all of its funding under the DIA and allowed these biolabs to come about. And what they did is they used the guise of old Cold War to go in there and convert all these old bioweapons to something safe to go out there and actually extend this 
research into biotargeted weapons, gain of function research, and all these other things. And they did this throughout the world. Um, 2011, the president that got elected in Ukraine was actually pro Kremlin. And you got to remember, they're operating multiple different bio labs, UN, Western nations, Germany's running them in Ukraine during this time. And now the new president that was just elected is pro Kremlin and says, hey, West, I don't want anything to do with you. Europe, you can go fuck yourself. We're going to be hanging out with Putin. And so this is when the Orange Revolution, or not the, yeah, the, not the Orange Revolution, but the Maiden Massacre happens. The CIA funded John Brennan, Erica Circamorella funded the Maiden Massacre, utilizing the Azov battalions, the Nazi infiltration within there. They usurped the Ukrainian government. They put in their own power figures. We know Sarah, uh, uh, Sam Powers, and a few other people, political figures, implemented the regime change in Ukraine. This is when Joe Biden is doing his quid pro quo. The, the investigations were still going on from the prior um, um, administration. They shut all that down. The U.S. takes full, complete control over Ukraine. Now, if you remember the 2016 election with Hillary Clinton, she was threatening to put up missile defense shields in Ukraine and Poland against Russia. And Putin said, we will go to nuclear war over this. This is not happening. Okay. Then Donald Trump wins. Hillary Clinton's out. Peace happens. I don't know what happens. Donald Trump goes in there, makes some deals. Donald Trump's out. All of a sudden, Russia starts talking about the new world order again. I made this uh, theory back in December of 2020 that uh, China and Russia have branched off from the cabal, the new world order, whatever, whatever the hell you want to call it. And there's, there's a primary reason we can see this. And I can see it with China for one, one part. Event 201. Event 201, John Hopkins University, World Economic Forum, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. This was the event October 19th before COVID actually came out. If you go through the transcript scenario, everything was 100% completely accurate about the actual progression of the pandemic, except for one thing, and that's the place of origin. In Event 201, the place of origin was a wet market in South America. In sense, this has a wet market in China right next to the lab facility that was housing it in China. That doesn't make any sense at all. Why are we going to point, why are we going to release this at the one place that was developing it that points the finger all the way back to EcoHealth Alliance, Fauci, Billman of the Gates, WHO? Unless that was done intentionally to lead people to the discovery that this was a man made created bioweapon. And China's response initially when this was released was very prompt, totalitarian. They were killing people in the streets, dragging people around, all this stuff, which tells me that China whether it's the fifth column or whoever it is, they are the ones that released this there to basically point the finger of blame towards the United States of America and allow that as a utilization for separation from the deep state, which had funded their operation for 50 years and basically built up China as the model for the new world. And so Russia and China now come together because they understand that Putin and Xi Jinping would lose their complete sovereignty. They would lose all their power, all their authority, all their wealth, all the people underneath them lose all their wealth, and their people lose their sovereignty with a techno-fascist, totalitarian-controlled, non-elected New World Order. And so they teamed up to basically go against these people. They planned it, and they executed it right around the same time that I believe more genetic warfare is about to come, a new strain was about to come. And this is why Russia went into the Ukraine, did what they did. They're acting weak when really strong, and they know that NATO will promulgate a war with Russia because of this whole scenario. And one of the things that they want to do is they want to basically unveil the secrets of what is really happening, what NATO is being used for, what the United States has been doing by basically the ignorance of the world people 
and the perpetuation of this war. And so the sinking of the Moskva, which was the Russian uh, flagship, okay, there was a P-8 Poseidon right over top of it that was tracking it that sent fire control data directly to Ukraine to launch that missile. That, that's a United States attack on Russia. Right now we're cyber warfaring Russia in an offensive position. That's an act of war. Russia knows this. China knows this. They all know this. But they're allowing it to happen because you have to allow your enemy to come in to a certain degree. And when you're ready, you strike. You stay weak till these certain points, and then you strike. Now, you go back to the beginning of our conversation when you talked about the United States of America being complicit or guilty of all this. You're absolutely right. And here's the thing. is There's going to be tough consequences and ramifications for the American people and the American government because of this. Because China and Russia, I believe, are no longer wanting to join this new world order and they look at it in the sense of a nation state derived global community i think china has their own intention of basically doing their own thing taking over the world coming to the united states taking over the farmland i think russia is looking at okay we can take all of europe whatever that's fine with me as long as they retain their sovereignty and they're seeing the world in a vulnerable position and so you're right is these uh these bioweapons were genetically targeted Russia knew about it. China knew about it. They, I think they helped release the information on it to bring the public disclosure of it. But another part of this that I wanted, I wanted to bring about is that the, the spike protein that actually attaches to the ACE2 receptor. Now, what people, I think people need to see is that the ACE2 receptor is kind of that gateway that latches onto the cell and opens it up so things can go inside. This is electrically stimulated that occurs through your potass, sodium potassium gating within your cell lining. Okay, And so that spike protein is an antenna the size of a microwave and can be electrically ionized and induced or triggered through microwave-based radiation, including 5G, 28, 32, 34 gigahertz range. And so when you're starting to talk about all these, it's like they turned them on and turned them off, turned them on and turned them off. We would want to probably look at certain electromagnetic frequencies, phones, stuff like that, that do this. One of my things that I did, and I wrote a report on this, was there was 3,378 people that died between 2019 to 2020 of COVID-19's original, uh, original uh, exposure. Out of that, okay, these are famous people, famous people that died. Out of that, 38% were politicians. Politicians of third world countries had direct affiliations with land deals with global governments, World, uh, world uh, Bank, Monetary Fund, World Economic Forum. And I said, wow, what a great way to get, away, get rid of the people that have dirt on you. And the question is, is how do they target these people? As well as Africa, the continent of Africa, had the lowest rates, and, and they couldn't explain this. One, number one is because they had uh, prophylactic ivermectin treatment along the equatorial region of Africa, but also because of the lack of the technological development all throughout Africa, I think was the, one of the other reasons. So that, that's my take oh, on it. I, well, well, I want to add one, uh, one other point to it. And, um, uh, so I very rarely... Uh, would say to somebody that I am at almost 100% in agreement with everything you just said. Um, it's fascinating. And I um, I couldn't help but uh, have a grin on my face over here because I could have not unpacked uh, with, with such a detailed summary uh, and uh, you know, sort of a historical account uh, that anybody can go and check in terms of the timeline of all of this and um, the development of all of this. And I mean... First of all, I mean, who are you? And and in terms of, <laughs> I mean, wow. And they call and me so, Joshopedia. 
Yeah, I mean, wow. Yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about some aspects that are interesting to me in that. One of which is that I think the biggest piece that's been left out for me um, in the original idea of what SARS-CoV-2 is, and within a very short amount of time, I wasn't interested in the viral component at all. Not because I'm like a terrain theorist and, you know, it says, oh, there's no virus. Mostly because the mechanisms don't need the virus. Mm, yeah. Well, he doesn't need it. It doesn't. It doesn't need it because it's acting like an organo an organophosphate uh, nerve agent. So you don't need it. The other thing is that you're right in terms of switching things on and off. When you're dealing with metalloproteins, it's a metal. Of course, you can switch it on and off. Right. I mean, anybody that looks at like an, uh, an electrical uh, electromagnetic system, I mean, you scale that down to nanoparticles. Of course, you're turning it on and off. And, and anyone can go on YouTube and find the most incredible nanotechnology or slime that, that exists now. Um, you know, switching on and off um, uh, both living and non-living um, uh, organic material now is the thing. And it's becoming really sophisticated. And there'll be pretty, there'll be some pretty cool shit that comes out of it. Um, some of it will be, uh, you know, recreational. Some of it will have some medical value mm -hmm. um, to, to help the people that have been injured so badly. So of course they want to sell the solution. Um, there's an aspect to it that I, uh, I don't know how much you've got into, but there's a character from this play um, that has been very successful at hiding him or her uh, uh, if I want to be polite to uh, to the trans population, uh, the, the the gender uh, preferred now uh, pronoun over here is her, which is Dr. Martine uh, Rothblatt. Now, Dr. Rothblatt is the inventor um, uh, and owner and founder of uh, XM Radio, um, mm. and is the was at she is the person that held the patent on satel on satellites in terms of. You know, the scaling version of, of what it is to put up a satellite and then, you know, basically have all kinds of stuff being able to be received and transmitted from. It. So you're dealing with somebody who's in the has always uh, in the last I don't know how long she's been playing. He she be playing with this. That is the terrain of being able to switch things and off also from from distance. Now, I don't know enough about satellite technology, right? But it certainly is perceivable at where we at right now in terms of being able to put an entire grid over an area from a military operation where you can have every person, every person, uh, operator, uh, operator on your grid above a country. And you're doing that all from space in mm -hmm. terms of creating a box that they, they can live in and talk on phones and whatever. And that's all sealed off and that's all done, uh, from space. So if that technology uh, exists to create a box that you're switching on and off, and of course, if you're dealing with something where you've got the technology to switch metalloproteins on and off, I just don't know where they're at with it, right? It's not, it's, I haven't done enough, but it's plausible um, that that's one aspect. The other way is that I know that mass killers like to, you know, the sort of evil villains and this trolling that they do. Um, when it comes down to what they actually did, um, the reason that so, they're so dysfunctional in a lot of things is that they have to spend a lug around a lot of what they're planning to do, like like Stephen Paddock, what doesn't make sense to people is like, why would you bring in that armor? Well, if your idea is that you want that body count and you're not reloading, then 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 and you're so obsessed with it, then even putting in another magazine, it feels like a waste of time for you. And if you can buy as many as you want, then all you're doing is that the 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 dysfunctional part of it is that, dude, you're seriously going to put in all of this work yourself to bring in suitcases like of the shit, like who are you? And like, why would you be so dumb? 
Like, no. so, so evil villains, like they get away with sounding cooler and, and all this technology. And it's the same thing with what they've done with these vaccines. There's a very good chance. And I hope that the data and, and the scientists that know every detail about this will eventually help us to uh, confirm the truth on this. But I don't actually think that the vaccines mRNA are replicating in the body in terms of exploiting cells. That's where I was going with the Petri dish. Um, I don't think that they're doing that at all. I think that they're replicating in the body using yeast the same way, the same way they make them in a vat. Like if, and, and this is where you get biblical again in, in the Bible, uh, that's just called chumetz in terms of getting rid. When you have a coronavirus that's around, like they did in the plague of Egypt, closest match. I mean, everyone went Spanish flu. No, Spanish flu was nothing like this in disease profile. The historical record should let you know that they were dealing with a similar problem. Why are they, why are they marking their house with the, with the lamb of blood? That's an anti-venom. Hmm. Okay. Why is the, the Seder plate, everything that's on my protocol and everything that took two years for people to be like, oh, you need Crisurtin. It's Crisurtin's fiber, right? Why would you need uh, uh, um, uh, things like it's on, a, it's on a copper dish? Right. And they used to use copper. And in the Bible, it says, you know, Moses says to the Israelites, we can leave this shit. We can leave the, uh, Egypt. They'll, 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 they'll let us go. They're blaming us for the plague. We should use that. That's leverage. We'll get Pharaoh to let us go. I've sold him the technology that he can see is saving your lives. In other words, the patent. And let's get the fuck out of here. Let's take our shit with us. And part of that is that the patent was, he says, hey, if you believe in the brass rod, it was never copper. If you believe in the brazen staff, the brass rod, and I have one on my key ring, just as a reminder every day, you're just dealing with the fact that you're dealing with a compound of copper and zinc. It's a copper alloy. Mm. And that you're creating that ratio that's needed by the body. The body doesn't like copper by itself, and the body doesn't use zinc by itself. The body builds something called SOD1, SOD1, which is a dismutase, which basically is the body's best uh, free radical scavenger. And it's so cool because it is the earliest nanobot technology. And guess who made it first? The human body. <laughs> and before that, microbes. And before that, friggin' it's been on the planet since the Big Bang. You have, you have an incredible piece of technology. Here's how simple it is. If anybody wants to visualize it, they can go onto YouTube and look up the uh, what preceded the spinner that people use on their finger. You know, kids walk around with like, you know, a spinner, um, uh, you know, sit in the back of the classroom. Preceded that, the, there was a toy, um, I think starting from the 50s, called the clacker. And it's just two balls, yep. right? And you spin it around and it hits each other. So if you take a CU uh, um, um, atom and you take a zinc atom and you join them with two pieces of sulfur as your bond. You've got a disulfide bond holding together two positively charged metals. They are going to meet on one side and they're going to repel each other. Then they're going to meet on the other side and they're going to repel each other because hmm. the sulfur is working like an elastic band. So here you have the first nanobot technology. And no human ever built it. It's been around on the planet. It is movement that goes through all systems as the cleaner. Interesting. I love it. That. Is, a, it, is the, yeah. it is the clock breaker. Now, I made that compound during this, this pandemic. I have a patent pending on a compound called copperine, which exploits 
that principle of movement. And it is an absolute annihilator of coronaviruses because it exploits the fact that a coronavirus spike protein is wonderfully huge, as you said earlier, in terms of your understanding of scale, um, uh, but also um, it has mostly, it's positively charged. You use the wonderful terms of ionic charges, but there is, uh, I guess as a bald guy, I was obsessed with the bald spot. The bald spot on this hugely charged uh, spike protein, positively charged, is a tiny region of cysteine that's negative, hmm. right? It's like looking, uh, using a drone and finding the spot where you need the helicopter to land. Right. Right. And it's a field. There is a hole. There is a hole in the spike protein that is not only a gap that you can get into, but it is negatively charged. So you bring, and this is what people, why people have been taking zinc. You bring zinc, copper, silver, gold to spike proteins and you diffuse them. That is from a bomb maker's point of view, you've used the same technique that, that the bomb is going to use electromagnetism. You just brought an electromagnet to it and you're like, oh, yeah. there's the switch. It's off. Love I toggled it. the switch. Right. And so the, the, the on off switch is, is not that complicated, but I would say that in, in I'll throw something out there as I, I only as a plausible or a hypothesis. And I think that that's always very important while we, you know, for me, I like to say stuff that I can back up in a court of law. And if I can't, what I say is here's a theory, right? There is also a potential that there's this um, spike protein, you know, sort of the lab-made theory around that this is what caused the disease. But what I was very interested in is somebody that needs to look at, at, at an attack somewhere and like, what, what weapon are they using? And, and in terms of like a, something that looks like a virus or, a, you know, a new pandemic, of course, the first thing I went to is anthrax. You mentioned anthrax. I'm returning back to you saying there's been other incidents of anthrax. Now, I don't know where my community was where every conference I went to, I'd have to sit through these, you know, lectures on anthrax and smallpox, and you know, what if they, this New York City got the smallpox, and uh, and then this thing comes along, and all the symptoms are anthrax. <laughs> the symptoms of COVID is inhalation anthrax, and I could not, for the first six months of the pandemic, get a single answer from anybody whose job it is, as a salaried person, professional, either as a, um, give me one second. Okay. Um, I'm going to start wrapping up soon, but, yeah. um, yeah. uh, either as a, um, as a, uh, professional working for a, a federal agency somewhere, or, um, the person tasked in a local law enforcement with, uh, defeating bioterrorism, I could not, and still cannot get an explanation in with six months more. We're now two years into the, that nobody was checking anywhere for anthrax <laughs> with the symptoms that you've been trying to look for with the right. inhalation anthrax, right? And then you, you mentioned something else in terms of the uh, political attacks. Well, you mentioned other countries. Uh, and something that I want to say is um, uh, mentioning uh, uh, other countries um, forgets that the attack that we had in this country that replicates exactly what you said was the Rose Garden, right? Just a few months later, we had the U.S. capital invasion, invasion in terms, you know, which I want to just call the biggest uh, um, 
bait operation. Oh, of course. Uh, right. In, in, in U.S. history. Right. Everybody knows that uh, you have you have that event take place with so-called COVID, COVID positive people in the building, all locked down in the same room for hours. No outbreak. Hmm. But you had a celebration of the Supreme Court nominee. And you had everyone get sick at the Rose Garden. And to this day, I haven't got an answer from U.S. Capitol Police of, OK, so where's the investigation? That was an attempted assassination. That could have been, I'm going to use yeah. the word could have been, an attempted assassination of the president of the United States, either internally or externally. Where was your investigation? These people came down sick. Well, if this, was, if this wasn't a pandemic and everyone got sick from someone, you would be like, okay, so where was the Secret Service whose job it is is to have chain of command over every piece of food and drink because you can kill people with all kinds of toxins. And so everyone getting sick over there uh, it shows you that, that there's not only been uh, uh, an element of being complicit. I think the main driver, besides the actual weaponry and those that want to do this to us, I want to give it its name, incompetence. Hmm. I mean, well, if you yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I would go, also add to that is that the, uh, the virus has a, an incredibly high propensity, uh, even improbable, uh, ability to infect Democrats. Um, and, and we've seen this over the last six months with all these members of Congress who are Democrats getting COVID and not one Republican. And it goes back to all these other parties, right? How many different parties or galas did they have, Democrats, that they were getting sick at? And very few Republicans got sick. And so, you know, you got to ask yourself, is this an aspect of psychological warfare that they're basically claiming to have an illness that they don't have so they can leave the public eye and that they can perpetuate an agenda that allows for a future to come in with more restrictions, more tyranny when a new variant comes about. I, I would gauge that at that I'll, level. I'll, but say, I'll say from a language point of view, right? If I was searching for a hint from a serial killer in a document, the language that lets you know uh, that they know why it's going to target them and they're going to get COVID positive, but they're not going to get severe symptoms mm-hmm. um, is the choice of words uh, for Texas uh, in terms of its uh, choice of the way it was going to conduct itself in uh, places obviously like Florida too. But Texas at one stage, you heard, you, you heard the word thrown out, Neanderthal. Mm. Okay, so any anthropologist out there that wants to eventually look at this, you may be able to find that there's a higher genetic expression of chromosome three in Republicans, in people that would consider themselves a patriot. You're going to know that you're going to find certain things, like they're going to be meat eaters. They historically are going to be involved in cattle. They are uh, also very respectful uh, to the way that they want to operate their businesses. And it's only through coercion and extortion that they'll lose their family business mm. uh, and that they'll mistreat their animals or they'll have to bulk. You know, they, 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 it is horrifying to see that the uh, force of extortion, extortion going against people's genetics, going against, uh, you know, the idea of telling a Neanderthal that unless there's a reason to be in the cave for longer than you have to be, when the cave is the place that both gives you shelter and diseases, you can't force a, 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 a person with high expression. So the people that would uh, uh, kick a fuss by, you know, uh, a run, hide, fight model, 
that 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 has literally killed our kids in this in this country. I mean, I don't know yeah. if people are brave enough to say uh, that anybody that serves, you are creating a kill box. Every yep. single shooting, the death toll is based on a model put out by DHS through Houston, by the way, was the first to gain traction to put out a video to really bring a Reinhard fight model into the country that biologically and for survivability makes zero sense in terms of a predator trying to catch you. So, so in other words, this idea that one of your options, okay, that is not absolutely temporary, hide, right? Mm -hmm. You don't find that in terms of if your hiding place is so great that it's the burrow that you live in, you're not hiding, you've gone home. But to be telling people to lock themselves down, get into a closet, and then wait for the perpetrator to just shoot you like you're fishing a barrel, right? Is essentially an aspect that then drives people against a invisible force predator, a so-called virus that's out to get you, to use a run, hide, fight model. Hmm. The lockdown, the shelter in place, the don't go to the gym and keep your immune system up, uh, the idea that you, are, that you can't outrun this because you can't see it, it's coming for you wherever you are, Okay, and the idea that you can avoid it uh, or um, your fight, uh, they then told the public just like they do in a run, hide, fight model. They don't tell people to conceal and carry as the fight. Right? Yeah. They don't. They just tell people, oh, you might hit them with a beanbag or a chair. Right? That's the equivalent of them telling us, oh, this is there's a viral a virus that's out to get you. Wear this mask that doesn't do anything. Right. The, the infiltration right at the beginning of your show, you and uh, to bring us full circle. I think you summarize something um, in your descriptor of what we're seeing here. And I think that what's very hard about this is that it, that is a historical playbook that's been used for a long time and that there isn't that much creativity in it. Lastly, from my side, the issue on Wuhan is very fascinating that you brought up the original market. Now, where, where did you say that I, I want to be, be accurate that we're on the same page? In your market description on that, on that uh, um, uh, modeling exercise, a wet market, where did you say it was? It was in South America. Okay, good. So the highest rates of Neanderthal in the world includes, includes places in South America. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if this was going to be run without the um, weird sort of wild card, the thing that doesn't make sense, the Wuhan piece to it, then it really should have started in a place with high expression of chromosome three. There you go. Okay, and it should have been Uruguay. Hmm. Interesting. Now, what's it? What's interesting from a political point of view of switching on and off something, or how do you account for spread that doesn't make sense in terms of data set? Um, there's two main pieces of data set that don't match. One is that the numbers of uh, of uh, casualties and injured of uh, in Brazil are disproportionate for its surroundings, because Brazil's not uh, doesn't want to be included in the WEF formula as well. Right. So you can isolate places that are either have been attacked or under attack by whether they've signed up for US-based treasury BlackRock run currency. Because this all comes down to the two things that people should have been given the choice on this planet. If And, and, and this is where they probably just don't understand a mentality of the crowd, and to take myself full circle in terms of discomfort. If people would have been given the choice by the perpetrators, hey, listen, what are we doing? is that we're introducing a US-based treasury, one monetary system, 
that will be run by the financial house called BlackRock. Um, the bank of it is really the US Treasury, but that's just a private bank that is now owned by BlackRock. And so all of your money and all of your, you know, you know what we're telling you is you can't use Square anymore. Like it's all just Venmo. Like if somebody would have just been explained it in like basic terms, like what do you mean? There's no Bank of America anymore. Like, no, it's just all one house and that we'll give permission to the different brands right. and they'll be all rebranded. That's one aspect, like sign on the dotted line if you're okay with that. Um, and then the other aspect of it is that people were, we should have been given the choice. Are they ready uh, to switch over all pharmaceuticals and organ growing and the rest of it to genetically based R, R, um, uh, mRNA, which is essentially just uh, the tech version of pharmacy where the cost of goods of building the compound is owned by the consumer. Hmm. So from a PL point of view, the, the financial genius of why it's so important that they drove this aspect is that they needed to be able to synthesize, whether it's a peptide you need or an enzyme or insulin, they just know that what they're doing now is they're inserting the code to the yeast in your own body and that you make their product. Hmm. So you pay for it or the government pays for it. Then your body makes it. You deal with the waste products, the toxins that come from that process, whether it's a fever, uh, a sore arm, whatever it is, you, you deal with what a factory would go through. You have to deal with a hazmat, right? Whether you extrude it, whatever it is, you are dealing with it. And that ultimately they have taken off and it's like not only just one line item, they've taken off the entire section called manufacturing. Like, yeah. And they've, they've just inserted the code and that the, the, that the profit margin is so gigantic at that point of view. And here's the thing to synthesize the code, the space that they need is the size of six containers, hmm. you know, like from, you know, tiny homes. Yeah. Well, and AIs are doing it now. I mean, the luxury, well, yeah. no, I mean, so the actual like making of it so that you can then put enough of it in a vial. All right. We picture these giant factories. The uh, the uh, BioNTech released their 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 module their modular country units that are that are getting exported. They've already got them in Africa. The luxury version is a housing unit that's only twelve containers in size, hmm. enough to make enough substance to vaccinate the populace in a new. That that's all you need. That right. that's how small like in terms of scale, and yet the entire manufacturing process has been given over to the consumer. And, and I think a lot of people, in terms of comfort level, I think a lot of people would have said, listen, I don't care where my money comes in and out of, and I'm not shopping for anything that I really care. I mean, obviously, if you're a, a person who cares about a democracy and the constitution, of course, it's going to bother you. But the average person didn't need to go through a pandemic. This right. is fun for them, right? There's a part to it that the, the psychopath will always, I mean, the cat had given a chance and it's still got a wild streak in it and it catches a mouse. It won't just kill it. It will play with it. So there's an element that they could have introduced this without harm. Well, but, as well as to your point is they removed all criminal liability to them through certain regulations that come out through lawmakers. And sure. then in the Supreme Court case in 2014, they even patented um, designer genes that enter into the human body, which gives them ownership over that technology inside the body, which allows them to compensate off of it. We have Bill Gates with his patents pertaining to blockchain technology that is mined and produced by the heat up your cells. 
Uh, Dr. Charles Lieber from Harvard University in 2016 was arrested for collaborating with the Chinese tax evasion, but he de- he designed nano mesh technology that basically latches on to your cellular regions, absorbs the heat, and then transmits an electromagnetic signal that at powers uh, nano machines in your body. And this is all correlated and all interrelated to exactly what you're saying is that they are making more efficient the process to them making money and getting rid of all the the junk and the waste and the uh, erroneous spending that they have on manufacturing and distribution that basically takes away from their overhead that they can now just implement implement into a human being yep very much so okay last piece for me and then i absolutely have to go i was gonna say we're getting to that little baby that's uh, waiting for me out there and and what i want to say is um i i will revisit and and love the seed that you planted I want to revisit some ideas in terms of the Wuhan attack. Um, Some things that I've thrown around and I settled on is my primary uh, um, uh, working criminal theory would be that Moderna attacked Wuhan. Okay. From a purely trace the money and who's got, you know, who needs this war to start uh, and who's sitting on the technology, uh, you know, is majorly hedge funded by flagship pioneering. And that basically they're sitting on something that needs to be, they, they're the kindling. Moderna is the kindling for all the rest of the therapeutics and everything else that's involved in them, right? That entire um, massive portfolio of fluff on paper uh, doesn't become anything. It's not worth a dollar until the, 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 the spark and the bomb goes off to say we need mRNA. Right. And then the rest of the technologies and, and, and Martin Roth, uh, Rothblatt's technology of rebuilding organs, um, you know, sci fi shit in terms of like, oh, you know, a lot of people are going to need new lungs. Yeah. A lot of kids are now going to need new livers or well, she's going to be supplying them. That's that's what she specializes in. Lastly, the, 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 yeah. the, the, the other plausible, right, it, it, from a criminal point of view, it makes the most sense and the easiest for Moderna to do a, an attack. And then and then, you know, Wuhan gets blamed in the lab leak and they can you know play with that story because they all know that it's not that. But it's a nice cover story and there can be an investigation because there's no one investigating Moderna. Right. Which should be the, the, the other aspect, though, is that if um, for anybody that wants to blame China, there's a possibility that it, China attacks Wuhan as a probe to see how the new compliant, the nicotinic acetylcholine version of what's commonly known as VX uh, nerve gases, right, perfected in a way that you can that you can mind control by exploiting the nicotinic, and you can essentially use it like a riot control. Now you've got to remember when this took place in, in 2019, uh, the Arab Spring. Uh, 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 copycat uprisings that were taking place. It's just starting in China. So, in China, Kong. you know, yeah. Hong Kong, Taiwan, yep. right? All went away. They bought time from a threat management point of view. I would be looking at did they did they use this uh, as a way uh, of a probe that they could test the widespread aerosolized particle that's ready to go that is actually owned by the U.S. I mean, the Chinese. I mean, you know, no bashing China over here. Yeah, they They're stole everything. Good. Right. So in other words, they take this thing and they go, that's freaking cool. He has this new riot control for the planet. Oh, we're going to use this to stop these protests because you can't stop this thing with an umbrella. It's a nerve gas. Okay. So in terms of the tear gas and the rest of it, like they are locking into nicotinic receptors, but they don't know yet in terms of mass use, what the concentration is of cloud. 
And so they over they overdose, they overuse it in Wuhan. And that's why you have people that are falling over in the subways and you have people having syncope and you have people that basically are alive then dead simply because the, 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 the load of the weapon is too high. Hmm. It, it, it's a very good possibility as well. Um, like I said, is China, I think, left the deep state or the globalist cabal, but uh, they still have their own intention and they still are a driving force towards where they want to go. Um, one thing about Moderna is you have various aspects. The founder of Moderna created something known as the Welcome Fund with two L's, which is a top contributor to the World Economic Forum, as well as Moderna was uh, one of the leading proponents and funders for the nti.org's global exercise last year on monkeypox monkeypox by the way has infected only nato nations quite interesting there western nato nations um and so moderna is a good place to start looking for a lot of people out there if they want to start finding who the devil really is in the world i agree with you on that and i want to add one more thing on on uh, on monkeypox because this is something that's very important to me around mm -hmm. uh solutions the the main things that people have to be putting it back into their body right now whether they're vaccinated unvaccinated healthy well whatever it is in terms of the range of things that are about to take place in the planet going back to you know egypt doesn't just have the death of the firstborn and then a, and then a, you know a decree that they have to kill children i mean basically and also i want to point out the death of the firstborn um you know people always assume that that means children You've got to look at the way that firstborn is used in other languages like places like Japan and the way that the Hebrew would use it. You're talking about firstborn, the previous generation. Mm -hmm. So like like sensei, right? Yep. So yeah, so in other words, they had the death of the elderly to whatever coronavirus uh, or whatever Pharaoh unleashed on, on his people back then. And then and then ultimately then there was a decree like there is now, like kill the children, right? Like get them vaccinated in in in, uh, in in the modern day story. But the thing that anybody that everybody needs, um, you know, uh, besides technology of um, of being able to switch this off, uh, purge this out, chelate out, you know, for the vaccinated, the basic building blocks of the immune system are vitamin A, D, E, and K2. That's absolutely essential. Uh, now, D, as you know, you know, it stays in an off switch and is doesn't need and it's not electromagnetically switched on. It's switched on by frequency. Mm -hmm. So it, it stays in an off position until UVC, you know, not UVC, UV light um, gets into the skin and it needs uh, you know, to be hydrated enough and you need fat uh, uh, for vitamin D to actually go into an on position uh, because it is, it, it is switched on uh, by uh, like Bluetooth. It was yeah. essentially a, it's like, so ADEK, uh, K2 specifically. Um, and then uh, for those that are still doing, I mean, every time I get an opportunity to be anywhere where people can hear me, um, please stop taking zinc without copper. Like literally you're driving around and what you've done is you've gone to a gas station and you've t looked at your tires and you've thought, okay, none of them are flat, but today I'm only going to inflate the right side of the car. I'm not doing the left at all. And then tomorrow, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to just keep inflating the right, which is the equivalent of just taking, keep taking zinc. Eventually, your ratio's off. It never started off. You were never deficient in one or the other. And then the other point around this is so um, uh, the the brain of the of the entire immune system um, that nobody during the pandemic is speaking about. It sits, uh, but uh, in that little triangle, uh, any martial artist knows. Never fun to be punched in the xiphoid process in the sternum, right? Um, you get winded for a reason. It's the same as basically 
basically uh, your go to ground as a form of syncope to protect the brain. And so to protect the little gland that sits behind, uh, behind there, it's called the thymus gland and you need thymus support. Now there, I don't know of a vegan option. I used to be vegan. Um, I don't know of a vegetarian often, but um, there are certainly um, uh, supplements out there that are thymus support. They normally come from bovine, cow, uh, thymus enzymes. And, Colostrum? Um, um, Colostrum's decent in terms of the fact that you've got a natural antibody. Mm-hmm. Um, their closest match to being able to do that uh, without somebody having to take breast milk or colostrum is actually a lot more fun uh, and enjoyable. Uh, it's lamb meat. So lamb fat is actually naturally an antivenom and specifically even marrow uh, from the lamb, because these animals over time have been bitten on their ankles, you know, camels. This is how we make antivenom. I mean, we we inject, right? So it's a camel, uh, um, um, uh, sheep, Um, certain uh, of the ruminants are able to produce uh, good antibodies. So naturally uh, their blood. Uh, and and um, and they're fat. Um, so I've been telling people um, at least eat um, you know lamb meat and and other meats um, uh, at least once a week. Um, and then and then the part to it, the lastly um, in terms of a layer of protection, is that sort of the simplicity of this is no matter what bio weapon you ever hit with, and it can be a natural one like a bee sting, uh, or you know gain a function out of whatever lab this came from. Um, you need antioxidants. Right. Because the process is a catalytic process. You're not building, you're destroying. And the minute you're destroying, you have to know how the body is going to destroy something. It's going to accumulate extra electrons. And so you need scavengers that are able to absorb extra electrons. And so that is what an antioxidant is. You are sending in uh, waste management. (laughs) You know, it's like salting the roads. Uh, It is that simple in terms of the fact that you have to lay down in the body, in the human body, anti-corrosives that are able to grab hold uh, uh, in an acidic environment of uh, essentially at the most small level, they're grabbing hold of, of extra electrons. And really at the bigger level, what you're calling, what you're doing is um, a chelation process where they're attaching right. and, then, and then eliminating. And then further than that, even in terms of a, a real layman terms to it is um, you're just detoxing. Right. Yeah. You have toxins in your body, whether you call them venom or toxin, you've got to go on to protocols. Uh, and then uh, very, very last, uh, not for everybody, but people that are struggling uh, with long haul COVID, they should be checking themselves to see if they've got a profile that's matching an insulin resistance. Mm. And then things like intermittent fasting, uh, absolute elimination of all glucose and carbohydrates, sort of this very, very, it's not even ketogenic at this point. It really is obligate carnivore. Um, it is very much like your body is, I am, you know, the great reset for me is not an economic term. Yeah. I, look at, I look at it as a term of the bioweapon resets the body to, um, to eons of time ago um, and that the bacteria and uh, microbes and parasites that start thriving are extremely old. And the battle of those that they're fighting is one of the oldest um, organisms on the planet, the, the mitochondria. And so at the end of the day, what you're fighting to keep your, yourself alive is that if it has switched over uh, to a ketonic process uh, or a ketogenic process, um, if it is switched over and you're no longer able to process glucose for energy, any glucose, fructose, galactose, you know, sucrose, anything that you're putting in your body that's a sugar or a carbohydrate or a chain of carbohydrates is going to actually be the toxin. 
Ooh. And, and that's why they derive a lot of inflammation. And there's actually genetic expressive precursors that, that cause this to happen, or genetic expressions that cause this to happen in a lot of different people. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm one of those people that when you eat carbohydrates or sugars, your body just blows up in flames um, and acts as if a toxin in your system. And then if I eat more... Uh, Paleo carnivore, more like 80% carnivore, very little vegetables, but more keto-oriented, high fats. Um, I thrive. I, I drop weight. I freaking, I'm motivated. I have tons of energy. Uh, but then if you go to carbohydrates, you're lethargic, you're inflamed. So whatever's in spot on. There's a concept called uh, that 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 took me the longest time to figure out, but there's a very simple language around it. Uh, just for somebody who's got that profile, and that's certainly my profile too. Just have a look at the concept called sugar dumping in terms of uh, what what just takes place in the human body versus what happens for most people. And then the thing is that that uh, uh, as an ending point that feels really good for me is okay. So obviously we know each other. Uh, not just from this time period, but going back to, you know, our brothers and sisters that were Neanderthals, because what you're really describing is I just call the sugar dumping and you just described the process with the carbohydrates and it can include fruit as well. A lot of people don't realize like, shit, it's the same thing. You And, and, and milk as well as a dairy is going to end up being a sugar. And you're literally now just describing what I called earlier, the people of the forbidden fruit. Mm. Um, and and it's certainly um, you know uh, much much worse to do it if you're already in an inflamed state or fighting a cancer. Um, then you are really on this trajectory that the that, that the forbidden fruit uh, is going to kill you, right? That is yeah. Adam saying to Eve, right? Uh, in that story, right? And it's not really Adam and Eve. It's the Neanderthals realizing if you've been envenomated or if you've got toxins in you from bacteria, if you've eaten bad food stay away like from the fruit and 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 yeah, ultimately I like you know, that. so anyway um, yeah, we're, we're out of time pleasure. I, I appreciate and, you man you. we're gonna have to have you back on much appreciated please visit Josh, thank you for everything you do brother thank you for your service thank you for yeah, being uh, out there as somebody that's telling the truth and more power to you um people uh, always ask me like where do they find me and my stuff the easiest way and they can subscribe i'm doing nothing with it yet just collecting emails in case i you know everything gets shut down drtalbron.com and uh and that's uh that's basically the best way that people can uh, be in touch Perfect. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Just one second. Guys, we'll see you tomorrow with Morning Coffee in the Morning, the Dark Delight show on the radio, and then Conversations on the Fringe, which is Open Lines. We're going to have a special guest tomorrow with Open Lines, and we'll be talking about that. Mars Chronicles Saturday night. Uh, Much love, respect. God bless everybody. You guys take care, and we'll see you again next time. Good night. 